Real quick, let me just start off by saying this is Peter Rosenberg, your forever 24-7 champion, host of the Cheap Heat Podcast. And I want to shout out the Will Wonder Podcast. You know what I wonder? What amazing takes will be given today on this show? Will I ever get the nod, the invite to be a guest on this show? Will I ever feel like coming on the show if I get that invite? We don't know. But you're checking out the Will Wonder Podcast. What's up, everybody? Episode 94 of the Will Wonder Pod. Thank you guys for coming back all of these weeks. I hope you're enjoying 31 Days of Halloween. This would be day five, and we'll get to what movie we are covering here shortly. But put out four so far. I hope you've enjoyed those. There's more to come, obviously, 31 days total, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. There's going to be guests, uh, like I said last week, on and off. So hope you're enjoying it. Let's see, what has been going on with me? My wife and I actually finally celebrated our six-year wedding anniversary this last week uh, and went to Park City and went to their wine festival. Had a lot of fun. There was good food, a lot, I mean, just delicious wine. The only problem with the wine festival in Park City is that you you can't buy any of the wine there. You have to, you know, remember what you liked and I'll be honest, after a couple of glasses of wine, I I was taking pictures. They were a little blurry, but uh, that's just Utah liquor laws for you, I guess, not, not allowing you to buy the bottles of wine at the wine fest. But it was a lot of fun. My wife and I had a, a really good time uh, up in Park City. Let's see. To be honest, that's about all that's new, new with me. I mean, we started a new month, October, my favorite month. But other than that, Not much else going on. Uh, Let's get into some sports talk. So NBA preseason has started. The only real note to talk about, I don't like to get too involved in preseason or even really discuss it, but there was one game that stood out to me. And if you watched any preseason basketball or just paid attention to anything, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The Phoenix Suns lost 134-124 to the 36ers. That's right. Adelaide 36ers. Craig Randall, the guard for the 36ers, had 35 points. Now, I know what you're saying. Who the hell are the 36ers? (laughs) Uh, That's what everyone was thinking. And how does a team like... The Suns lose them. Might be a might be a tough go for the Suns this year. Uh, and by the way, they are out of Hindmarsh, South Australia, the 36ers. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens to the Suns this year. And you don't want to put a ton into preseason, like I said. But goddamn, no bueno. Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs start Friday. Very excited for that. Very excited for my Cardinals. Albert Pujols continues to do work in his last year in St. Louis, which is really fun to watch. I hope St. Louis goes far, but you just, you know, you never know. You never know with the playoffs in baseball, but it's it's a fun time for sure. Let's get into NFL now. All right, week four. Eagles, Jaguars. Eagles go down 14-0 early, and then you get four fumbles from Trevor Lawrence. Eagles look great. I did pick them to win the NFC East early, but I would say this. No one wins the Super Bowl in October. 
Uh, we'll know more about all the teams in late November, get a more clearer picture. But man, the Eagles look tough. They come back and just put a hurting <laughs> on Lawrence and the and the Jacksonville Jaguars to move to four and zero. Oh. Uh, what other notes do I have here? I think I was wrong about the Panthers and Baker Mayfield. They aren't good, at least through four weeks. Uh, sure, it could be like a fit problem. It could be that they're just getting to know each other, but I don't think that's what it is. I have officially sold all of my Baker Mayfield stock. It was like Dogecoin. I bought a ton of Doge. It went up, 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 and then now it ain't worth shit. So uh, I was wrong. And I'm man enough to admit it. So there you have it. Uh, one thing I am more confident about is that the Colts aren't a good team. I have no idea how they beat the Chiefs, but the Colts aren't good. And they play another team that isn't very good this week in Denver. And we'll get to those picks here in a minute. Uh, you know who is good, though? Kansas City Chiefs. The way they annihilated the Bucks was really eye-opening for me. Sure, the Bucks came back slightly. But, man, Patrick Mahomes looks amazing through four weeks. And um, the Chiefs are, are pretty scary, to be honest. Speaking of scary, the whole Tua thing is awful. Yes, it's going to affect the Dolphins on the field. Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is their backup. But even more, it's very scary for Tua himself. They cannot let him come back any earlier than, I would say, four to five weeks. It's very irresponsible of the Dolphins. They already fired the person who, you know, was the responsible for saying he could go back and uh it's just going to be bad from here for them hopefully he has a speedy recovery but again two concussions in in a week's time is not a good look and i know they said he didn't have a concussion but if he didn't what the hell was it then that that uh third week where he could barely walk it was scary <sighs> okay my washington commanders aren't bad as they seem the offensive line is awful though Wentz gets killed early in games and then just throws bad balls after that. I was listening to Trent Dilfer discuss quarterbacks in the league saying that about 75% of the QBs in the NFL, when they're hit early and often, can't seem to get their games back on track, throw a lot of bad balls and a lot of picks. 100% that is what is happening to Carson Wentz. I would never say he's a great quarterback, but he's a lot better than what he's shown. And it's been very, very ugly. And I hate it. I hope they find a way to figure out how to block for him because these past two games, he has been lit up and I don't want Taylor Heineke back. If they can't figure it out though, I'm assuming my guy Riverboat Ron may be fired very soon. All right, last thing from week four, I want to apologize to the 49ers and their fan base. They dismantled the Rams Monday night. I did not see that coming. But then again, the NFL has been very, very weird so far this year. So, fuck it. Here we go. Week five predictions. <laughs> Might as well slide right into it. Here are the picks for week five of the NFL season. So, as you know, there are three of us who discuss the NFL here on the Will Wonder Pod. Myself, Hoop, and Chacon. On the weeks they aren't on the show, I ask them to send in their picks. So, here we go. Hoop and Chacon both have the Colts over the Broncos this Thursday night. Both teams are bad. Really bad. I went with the Broncos, though. I won't be watching Thursday night football, though. There's a lot of other things I'd rather be doing than watching two awful teams play. And yes, I know. I'm a Commanders fan. Come at me. It is what it is. 
All three of us pick the Packers over the Giants. Hoop and Chacon both have the Lions over the Pats, but I'm actually rolling with the Pats, and I know there's an issue at quarterback with Mac Jones being hurt and Hoyer being hurt, but I think Zappi will be just fine. And the way that they played the last game fairly close, I feel confident that they can beat the Lions because the Lions, unless they're playing my commanders, find a way to lose. All three of us have the Chargers over the Browns. All three of us have the Jags over the poor Texans. Just to feel bad for those guys. All three of us have the Bucks over the Falcons. All of us also have the Bills over the Steelers. Chacon and I have the Dolphins over the Jets. While Hoop, the biggest Zach Wilson guy in the business, is rolling with the Jets. All of us have the Vikings over the Bears. Chacon and I have my Washington Commanders over Tennessee, while Hoop is rolling with the Titans on that one. All three of us have the Saints over the Seahawks. All of us have the 49ers over the Panthers. Poor... I mean, again, I sold all my Baker Mayfield stock, so I don't even care anymore, right? Uh, Hoop and I have the Eagles over the Cardinals, and no surprise here, Chacon has the Cardinals winning. He really doesn't like the Philadelphia Eagles, if that wasn't clear last week on the pod. Chacon and I both have the Rams over the Cowboys, and Hoop has the Cowboys winning, surprisingly. You would think it would be the other way around, but it wasn't. Uh, Sunday night, we have a fun one. Hoop and I both have the Ravens over the Bengals, while Chacon is rolling with Joe Burrow and the Bengals to win. Monday night, all three of us agree that the Chiefs will beat the Raiders. Man, moving the Raiders to 1-4, and four, it'll be tough for them to come back from it, but I still think that they can make the playoffs. I'm going to stay with that for at least another three weeks, and then I'll revisit that. All right, that rounds out week five predictions for the NFL. So what do we have coming up on this episode of the Will Wonder Pod? Well, my guy Kurt Pruitt joins me and we discuss the Blair Witch Project for day five of 31 days of Halloween. After that, my friend Emerson Kennedy comes back to the pod and we talk about his upcoming battle here in Salt Lake City. For the return of Mike Masters, shout out to Gabino Grimes, and I'm actually giving away two Mike Masters tickets. It'll be Saturday, October 8th at 6 p.m. in South Jordan at the Wingnuts, but you'll have to follow the Will Wonder Pod Instagram to get the details on how to win those tickets. I'll be giving away Friday the 7th at noon Mountain Standard Time. I mean... Mountain Center time, obviously, unless you want to fly in from out of state to watch this, which is cool too. I'm happy to give you those tickets. But again, make sure you follow the Will Wonder Pod on Instagram to get details on how to win those tickets. Anyways, back to Emerson Kennedy. We talk Mike Masters. We talk Gray Area. We talk Last Second C. We talk a whole lot of other things. It was a really fun interview. Was a lot of fun to catch up with him because I haven't had a long discussion with him since the last time he was on the podcast, which was episode 24. So it's been quite some time. Uh, he also plays some Will Wonder Pod Hurdle. So stay tuned for that to see how well or how bad he does. And the thing that I love the most, he debuts a new song off of his upcoming album, Becoming Everything You Hate, which he goes into the details of it, but should be right around the beginning of, of 2023 when this album comes out, but possibly earlier. So we'll do all that right after a word from my guy, Dre Rocca. Psst. Hey. 
so I, mean, I don't got a lot of time. I'm being held hostage right now. I'm listening to other podcasts. I know I just had to sneak away to listen to this one right here. This is really my favorite podcast. But hey, look, if you ever are uh, in need of any other entertainment, uh, look for me. My name is uh, Dre Rocca. Uh, my, you can follow me at Dre Rocca. That's D-R-E-R-A-I got to hurry up. D-R-E-R-A-W-K-A. O-Rock.com. Check me out. I do a podcast too. It's called Unrestricted. We do a lot of fun stuff. Stop. Listen, laugh, love. The Unrestricted Podcast with Dre Rocca. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, literally anywhere you consume podcast, except SoundCloud because that's repugnant. Oh, and drop a five-star review and receive 10 years good luck. Fail to do so and your genitals will fall off. In October of 1994, three student filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while shooting a documentary. A year later, their footage was found. It's the Blair Witch Project with my guy, Kurt Pruitt. Let's go. This is my home, which I am leaving the comforts of for the weekend to explore the Blair Witch. I can see you. I'm real excited about this. Thank you for I'm the opportunity. I'm very glad. This area's been haunted by that old woman for oh, years. Yeah. I don't know why you have to have every conversation on video. Because we're making a documentary. Not about us getting lost. We're making a documentary about a witch. I don't. Lost? Admit that first. No, I know we're not lost. All the place. So how do we know it was people? Well, even if it wasn't, I'm not going to play with that either. And it's all because of me that we're here now. Hungry and cold and hunted. Just want to apologize to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. Tell me where you are, Josh! What up, Kurt? How are you, my friend? I am doing good, man. I'm excited to talk Blair Witch with you. Yes, yes. So let me uh, get into the film just a little bit. Uh, The Blair Witch Project was released everywhere July 14th, 1999. It has a runtime of 81 minutes. Uh, It had a budget of $250,000. Kurt, do you want to take a guess on how much this film made? Uh, A lot more than that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, two hundred and forty-eight point six million. So you know, roughly. So they spent two- sixty <laughs> and made two hundred forty-eight million. They they spent two hundred fifty thousand. Two hundred fifty thousand and made two hundred forty-eight point six million. Oh my gosh, that's got to be one of the best turnarounds ever, right? Yeah. So some solid numbers on that one. Uh, oh. Solid solid ROI uh, in the business that we're in. Solid ROI. Uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's rated R for strictly foul language, 
So, I mean, huh. it's kind of interesting. Uh, here's a synopsis. Three film students vanish after traveling into, Maryland, into a Maryland forest to film a documentary on the local Blair Witch legend, leaving only their footage behind. So, Kurt, before we break down this film a little bit, I remember vividly my first time seeing this movie. Uh, I had, this was my second summer going out to visit my family in Memphis. I was 13 years old, uh, and my cousins took me to the movie theater to see this. So it, was, it had probably been out for like three or four days. Uh, and people were losing their shit. People were yelling at the screen, screaming. It was, <laughs> it was great. You know, Memphis, Tennessee, shout out to everyone out there. Uh, they were yelling, but the last 10 minutes, it was silent in the theater. It was like this complete like hush and inner fear in people, which was pretty crazy. There was like people with their hands over their eyes. I wasn't one of them because I was, you know, still am a weirdo, but I was a little weirdo at the time, a younger weirdo. <laughs> uh, but it's so good. Do you remember the first time you saw this movie? I, I don't like remember specifically, but I do remember the fin- like the phenomenon that came with it. Like this is one of the first movies that had not one of the first movies, but like the modern movie, I think the exorcist probably did this way back when, but also like the modern movie of like, this is an event. Do you know what I mean? Like this, like the marketing they did behind this and became, it became almost like a urban legend in itself. Like the movie itself, I guess the idea of the movie became bigger than the movie than itself. If that makes sense. Like reading back on, it was like early internet days. So like they were able to make these blog posts and a whole documentary about the documentary, quote unquote, that was being made about the people yeah. who were lost. They made it seem completely real. No name actors. Um, legitimately reading about the shooting of this movie was insane. They literally just gave them cameras and the producers and directors were out there just scaring them. And it was like real reactions. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy stuff. And like being able to just turn this into like, I guess even, even the actors didn't know the people that they were interviewing were actors. Like yeah. they thought the Blair Witch was the real thing and they were making like a mockumentary about it. Mm-hmm. But those people that they were interviewing in that small town were actually actors planted by the producers and the actors that they had playing the three main roles thought they were real people. Like it's crazy. And then for me being a little bit younger, um, mm-hmm. I was nine when this came out. Okay. Um, but I had friends, older siblings, mm-hmm. where it turns into this like myth. Like, no, you can't. Like, like you talk to them about scary movies, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you should see that one. It's way scary." Blah blah blah. And then you bring up Blair Witch Project, and they get serious. Yeah. And like no, gets quiet. No, you, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't see that one. It's too scary. It's real. It really happened, and you know, it's going <laughs> to give you nightmares. You can't see that one, and it like it builds this up in your head that it's it's this huge thing, and it was it was crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, the way um, the way I remember finding out about it, like that it was coming out, I remember seeing the trailer, and I think honestly, I saw it during like watching SmackDown or something on UPN, <laughs> and um, I, I was like, "Wow, that looks great!" And you know, I loved horror films, um, but yeah, yeah that, then I started to look up stuff because again, it was very early internet, so dial-up internet. Um, starting looking up stuff after the movie had come out and I saw like the fake blog that they created. Um, and then like all the fake backstory that they created on it. Like it was pretty ingenious. They had, didn't they, don't they have like scan upload photos of the lady's diary? 
Yeah, that like, they have that fake news post. articles, like fake yeah. newspapers, newsreels, all of that stuff. It um, was the marketing was ingenious. Probably yeah. most of their budget went to the marketing. To be honest, because for, for real, yeah, I heard um, from what I understand, they bought just a handheld like that they shoot the movie on, which is what it's so grainy. It's so funny to watch now thinking that mm. this was on a big screen, but like a handheld home video camera that they bought yep. at circuit city and they returned it. And then they had a big <laughs> RE, uh, that 16 millimeter film camera that they had. And I think they sold it on eBay to make money back, which is like a $10,000 camera. And that was the majority Jesus. of their budget went to the cameras. And like, like they like, it, it sounds so like film schooly, like, the kids playing outside. I don't want to go too much into the film if you want to break it down kind of beat by beat, but like the kids playing in the field or outside the tent, like those noises, they just recorded that at the director's grandma's house. Wow. Some kids playing and then played it through a boombox outside and just picked up the audio that way and like Damn. real reactions from the actors and they sh- they actually went up and shook the tent yeah. without them knowing. They all had a safe word. I don't I did some research. The safe word was taco. And when all <laughs> three actors said the word taco, then it was time to break character. But the whole idea was like, you know, it's it was almost like a turned into like a psycho documentary, like yeah. like a wow. psycho- psychological documentary on like how people handle situations. I didn't know that. I knew that uh I mean, I knew that they weren't necessarily aware of everything that was going to happen. And so that's how you get some of those really good reactions, especially uh, from Heather, who's like, you know, our main, I mean, there's, they're all, there's only three people really in this film other than the people that they interview, but she's the main one. And uh, man, she, she does a a very good job. Um, It, it, so we're not going to cover the entire film beat by beat, but we will touch on certain things. But if you think about this movie, uh, the way that it kind of changed horror, like there were, there were found footage films before this, very far and few between, but none of them had the success that Blair Witch did. And I think it, it it's off of, you know, the marketing that, that was put into it and then kind of the word of mouth afterward. Uh, I guess when this film first premiered at Sundance, it was January 23rd, 1999. And everything that I had saw and read, and I remember hearing back then, like on Entertainment Tonight, was that... Uh, the movie ended and we all know how the movie ends and the lights come on and everyone's just silent. And they're like, what the fuck did we just watch? And then the three actors come up on stage and people are like, what? (laughs) Just tripping out. Um, if you think about the movies that came after this found footage and the, and like kind of the legacy it created with paranormal activity. I mean, there's a lot of others, um, that are, are even like slasher, uh, found footage films, all kinds of stuff. And yes, believe it or not, Kurt, this movie even inspired the Doug and Dan Witch Project, which came out in 2000. <laughs> in 2000, It also inspired The Curse of the Doug and Dan Witch Project, which starred myself. It was written, directed, uh, it starred myself and Jazz Nation himself, Daniel. So I'm going to have to pull wow. those, those tapes out at some time. All filmed on my dad's uh, VHS uh, video camera that he had given me at that time when he upgraded his camera. So yeah, there's a, I mean, it's endless what, what this film uh, inspired as far as Listen, classic yeah. cinema well, goes. The <laughs> listeners can't see the zoom right now, but there's a little gold statue behind Doug. And I'm assuming that's where it came from his best picture that year. Correct. Correct. Best okay, independent, cool. best independent, independent. Okay. Best, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, 
I do love, you know, we talked about the the backstory a little bit, the mockumentary that it had. The actors do such a great job. That end scene is so, I mean, the last eight to, I, I think I timed it when I watched this over the weekend. I think it's like uh, 10 and a half minutes. That last 10 and a half minutes is insane. Where did and you the, start that last 10 and a half minutes? When, is it Josh goes missing? So it's it's when she wakes up okay. and she starts that camera. And then it just, they can hear him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's that, that, that part. I love the, uh, I mean, again, it's very low budget. So they're just out in the woods somewhere. And the, the way that they had the sticks and the rocks, which just makes it, gives you like a creepy vibe, knowing yeah. that they're not, that they're, they think that they're pretty much out there alone when all that stuff starts popping up. Um, but what are some of your, I want to know what are some of your favorite parts of the film? Um, just like they do a really good job. I think going back to this movie, we talked about other found footage flicks and, and horror in itself and like just a low budget horror movie that mm-hmm. was highly successful. They do the delve into madness really well. It's not like rewatching it. It's definitely not a perfect movie anymore. Right, right. Um, it's it's aged, right? Like it definitely feels, feels old, but mm-hmm. like the subtle like there's just the subtleties through it where they slowly kind of delve into madness and realize they're not alone like at first they say like they keep referring to like rednecks or hillbillies out there with them and yeah. finally they're like or whatever else they start start throwing in or whatever else and then they're finally just fully on admitting there's a witch out there yeah right? <laughs> um, I, I like that um, just I think the subtleties and things that made it so believable, which also probably helped the allure of the film of it. You know, the, the urban legend of it being a real found mm-hmm. footage flick is like, um, you know, those, though they talk about the five, whoever it was, soldiers or whatever. Yeah. Who yeah. Got, yeah. Went missing. And then they found the tombstones for him. They were just rocks, piles of rocks. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's way believable. And yeah. And three piles of rocks outside their tent the next morning. Okay. That's way believable. Those creepy things hanging in the trees that are just like the dolls or whatever that they made. Yeah. Human stick. Yeah. 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 And like the devil looking stuff. Um, it's all super believable. I don't know if you remember this. Like I remember after this movie came out, like people like to mess with other people. You you go out hiking as a (laughs) little kid and you'd find those things hanging in trees. You're like, Oh my God. Oh yeah. This is creepy. Yeah, for the rest of my life, it really, uh, anytime I was in like somewhat of a camping situation where it was real, close to, I mean, let's be real. I never really, really, really camped, but you know, you'd be like close (laughs) to the woods at a campground and be like, all right, all right, let's just stay over here where we can see things, not go into the woods. But yeah. Right. (laughs) Creepy. Creepy. Um, But I just think it's the subtleties and realness behind it that made it so successful and so believable. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm sure we're going to break down the ending because it's, insane but mm-hmm. like even the subtleties of like when she find like she's not telling um heather's not telling mike that she found that new stick of stuff wrapped up in josh's shirt and she opens it up and it's hair and teeth teeth and it's yeah so terrifying so mm-hmm. terrifying and it's so believable and yeah. her reaction to that is unbelievable how she's Perfect. so shook shaken up she's ready like it clicks her to get out of there ASAP too, mm-hmm. and, but she still won't tell Mike what she found because she knows yeah. like it'll ruin it for him. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just it's just great. I love the uh, uh, everything that you mentioned. I also really really enjoyed, and it's something that I kind of forgot because I I probably haven't rewatched this in 
I mean, I'll watch it if it's on like, you know, TV randomly, but I haven't really sat and really fully rewatched it. But I love the way, and you already commented about the cameras, but how they'll have that black and white camera and there's no audio tied to it. So you're right. seeing things, but you're hearing the audio from the other cameras or the, or the, uh, they, yeah. That, yeah, that they're recording. It, and that, that was, that was good. I love it. And that. it comes in full form at the ending. Exactly. Right? It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so on these reviews, I do, you know, and you kind of helped me with this. My wife did. I asked a bunch of people what they would want to know about uh, if I'm reviewing a horror film. So uh, one that a lot of people said is why wouldn't people like this movie? So there's a couple of things that I added here, and you can feel free to add anything that you would like as well. Thank you. Wife just, you know what I mean? A little Ooh, soda. Taco Bell? No, just a drink. Just a drink. Oh, there okay. she is. Where's your camera at? It's right there. Oh. Yeah. I'll have to edit this whole part out, but no, dude, kidding. you need to get the, <laughs> you need to get Thank the, you. uh, you need to get the Taco Bell sponsor for this. I know this is brought to you by Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a couple of things that a couple of reasons why people may not like this movie. So one, you kind of, you touched on uh, for a moment is the camera work. So if you get motion sick, this may not oh. be the film for you. A lot of jerky yes. camera cause it's all handheld stuff. Um, there are some slow parts in the film that tend to drag out a little bit, but I think that all gets made up for when the real shit starts to happen, <laughs> but it is kind of slow in, in certain areas. So that, that was kind of tough. Um, but those are the only two things that I really thought that, okay, maybe people wouldn't like this. Is there anything that stuck out to you or where you think someone wouldn't like the film? Yeah, I just think the pacing of it, that's when we're talking about how it's aged. The pacing yeah. of it isn't as like, I don't know. They're usually in these horror movies, there's enough carrots to like get your adrenaline going. Yeah. And it really doesn't happen until like the last 25 minutes to even like eight minutes, like you said, mm -hmm. where you're like, okay, this is freaky. Yeah. Um, it's more, you know, yeah, it's more of like a, a really slow burn and you feel like there's a lot of unimportant things and yada, yada. Apparently they like cut the film in half too from the initial edit. Damn. Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. That'd be, that'd be interesting to see that, that edit, that the full, you know, director's cut or whatever you would call it. That right. would be, right. that would be yeah. interesting. I mean, shaky cam too. Like for sure. It's, it's not pretty to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, let's get into. I, I mean, you know, you have different scenes throughout the film that are creepy. You you touched on the uh, when they're in the tent, they hit it. So, you know, someone hits it, and you hear the kids. That really sticks with me. But there's nothing quite like the last, the final scene where I mentioned about ten to eleven minutes or so. So um, you know, and obviously this, there's if you've never seen it, turn this off now. You go watch it, right? but I'm assuming everyone has seen this film by now. Um, Josh had gone missing. There's Heather and Mike or no, sorry. Did I, I mess that up? Didn't I? No, you got it. You got it. Josh went, Josh goes missing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Heather and Mike are, uh, can hear him at night. They can hear him. And so they go looking for him. And, uh, it's just, it's just very intense again with that black and white camera with the other camera. And throughout this, cabin this house in the woods they can hear him and they're running and they're running and then we get to the point where uh and this part really sticks with me too and again because i i remember vividly just watching this whole this movie in the theater and everyone being quiet after the 
the whole theater was so goddamn loud talking to the screen. And it was just, a, it's, uh, I'm reading the exorcist right now, the book. And there's a, a line in there that I love and it's called, there is a silence like weighted dust. And that's what this Ooh. was. Yeah. 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 That's what it was like in the theater. It's like heavy. There's something there, but there's nothing there at the same time. Um, right. but, uh, that last scene where it ends and we see, uh, Josh in the corner, facing the corner. And then we assume person holding the camera gets hit with a rock, gets hit with something. That's how the movie ends. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not doing this justice. It is something that you need to see. Well, right. But you also have to go back to like the whole urban legend within the film of the Blair Witch and why that's so powerful. Because they're telling stories about, I think there was also a guy who got blamed for all the murdering of these kids yeah, um, I forget the name of it, and they bring him up later on throughout the movie that it maybe it's really just this guy, but um, essentially he was under the influence of the witch, and you'd bring him out to this house and make the kids stand in the corner, mm-hmm. look at the wall, and wait their turn to get killed. So yeah. that's like you you go in and through the whole sequence, like Mike Mike's leading the charge, right? He's upstairs, he's upstairs, yeah, no, he's yeah. downstairs. I'm coming, I'm coming. And Heather's having a complete breakdown, but she's holding Total the 16 milk. mil yeah. with no audio. So you're hearing Mike ahead of her, mm-hmm. and then Mike gets hit in the head or whatever, and the camera falls. And so you're seeing her point of view, but you're hearing mm-hmm. her screams throughout the house from a distance. Yeah. And it really creates this really weird, like, like super effective, like, twist on things. Because mm-hmm. you, you're like, like, physically, like, visually, you're seeing where she's at. Yeah. But Spatial audio wise, you're where she's going to get killed. Like you're sitting in the trap with yeah. the witch or the, whatever, whatever it is. It is. A lot. Yeah, we can get into like the um, theories behind this movie and like where people think this went. But like you're sitting in the trap, hearing what's going on, and she gets closer. You hear footsteps, and then you like for a split second. It's only for a few frames. You see um, Mike or Josh, whoever it is, standing in the corner, waiting their turn to get killed, <laughs> and she's gone. It's done. Camera's yep. dropped. And then, yep. again, like you said, it's silence because during the credits scene, it's just a shaky little mm. credits in white, white on black. And yeah. it's just like, you kind of sit there for a second, like, what did I just watch? Like, yeah. it's crescendos through this whole 80 minutes. It's a crescendo up into this crazy climax where everything they said in the town with those town folks and the stories and the urban legends, like throughout the film, they're slowly peeling back and they're living out those stories that those people heard, mm-hmm. kind of vindicating that the myth is true. And then at the very end, it ends in their death, which is just like, and this was also pretty new to like the everybody dies at the end. Yeah. You know, like the oh, yeah. classic slasher vibe was there's at least one survivor. Final but girl they all or something. Die. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They all die. And I think having a female in the lead is like that that false that like card that they can play because you think she's probably going to live yeah right? she's yep. going to make it out at least that's how the footage gets found but no she's she dies yeah it's crazy uh yeah you definitely need to watch that scene if, if you don't watch the entire movie watch that scene watch the last 10 to 12 minutes it's, it's really really great and i'm sure you can just find that on youtube but i would suggest watching the movie too you just got to you know, like I said, we said there were some slow parts. Uh, I'm interested to hear though, because I didn't see anything about this. I, I did, you know, a little bit of research and obviously watched the film. But what were some of the theories that you found? So the biggest one is that Mike and Josh are actually 
plotting to kill Heather, and it's their whole plot behind it, which is pretty interesting. Damn. Um, there's a whole <laughs> YouTube video, a channel, like, I think this guy is called Film Theories. I don't want to steal like, content or anything. Uh-huh. Um, he has a video on it that's like 12 minutes long. It's pretty interesting. He kind of goes like into the reason why this has got to be the actual reason behind it, but essentially um, in her diary, she mentions that Josh is an ex-boyfriend, actually. Mm. And he's trying to get back at her, and they kind of, the whole, the biggest like he is the map about who yeah. had the map last. It's true. Because she keeps trying to go home and every time they're getting closer, they do a map check and they get off again. Yeah. They're all, it's pretty yeah. interesting. That was so, a frustrating part of the film. Like, yeah. and as a man, we don't want to admit that we don't know where we're going. I get it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Pre-navigation. Absolutely. There's, the, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of frustration. I think every character goes through a moment where you're like, this dude's a dick or this chick's oh, an no idiot. Doubt. Like, yeah. Like she had, she's so obsessed with getting this film that like she stays longer than she needs to. And she starts yeah. filming it and she doesn't want to go home yet. And then Josh, you know, um, has a complete breakdown and Mike mm-hmm. quote unquote, he admits to kicking the map in the stream because it's not doing him any good or whatever. And you're just like, <laughs> that, that part. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. No, you're an idiot, dude. <laughs> um, that's kind of a stretch too, right? Like having that be a reason why they get completely lost. It's like, dude, just, decides to like screw them all over yeah which yeah. kind of goes into that into that theory that they murdered her because that's yeah that's very true um that's the biggest one and i think the the other is just like like is it the witch or is it just a serial killer mm-hmm. right so um did you ever see the curse of the blair witch uh or no i'm sorry the uh, blair witch 2 sorry the curse of the blair witch was the mockumentary Blair Witch 2 House. Oh, my God. Why didn't I have this written down? It oh, might have been the worst Blair Witch. Because it wasn't like found footage. It was an actual movie, right? Yeah, it was an actual movie. And it, uh, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Yeah, I saw uh, it one time. Might have been one of the worst sequels to any movie ever. Um, and I think the only reason people saw it off the strength of the name. But this right. one, that had a budget of $15 million and made 47 So it still made a little bit of money. But holy shit, it might have, it was, I mean, it's up there for like one of the worst. Well, it turns into a full on like, no, is that the newest one? Didn't they kind of redo so they, this? They, they re, yeah, they, re, they redid the Blair Witch, but it wasn't, it wasn't really like in the found, it wasn't like the original. Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows came out and it was, it, it all a revolved around. A literal sequel, right? Yeah, it revolved around yeah. the mytho- mythology around the first Blair Witch. Um, but the it, the first movie had happened because they referenced the three yep. filmmakers, right? Yep, yeah, okay. I remember it. Yeah, but it was it was fucking awful. So anyone <laughs> out there, make sure you don't watch that one. Don't get it. Don't twisted. watch that one. Don't watch that. Uh, one. And I think I did see the remake, um, the the one that recently came out a couple of years back. But I, I honestly don't remember it, so that probably says how good it was. <laughs> yeah, I haven't. It's on Netflix. Maybe I can convince yeah. Emily to watch this one tonight. Yeah. Um, let's see where was I going to go. So. Uh, great job by the actors. They make you feel, you know, and, and like you said, they are pretty much just like regular people. They make you feel like they're just regular college kids, and you get frustrated with them. You feel bad for them. It's in different parts. You get scared with them. So they do a great job. Like you said, the the when we already touched on this, but the pacing it's kind of slow. The scary parts are very intense, um, leading up to that very end. Um, Anything else you want to add on the movie before we get into a few other things here? Uh, no, just the legacy of this movie can't be stated enough. Um, yeah. Definitely a, a game changer. 
Yeah, so. no doubt. Uh, uh, for everyone listening, you can watch the Blair Witch Project damn near everywhere. So Hulu, HBO <laughs> Max, Peacock, Amazon Prime, Paramount Plus, all over the place. If you don't have any of those, you can rent it on other platforms. Um, I'm sure it'll be on AMC Fear Fest as well. I didn't see the full schedule. I just saw the first uh, two weeks, so I'm not sure if it'll be on later, but it wasn't in the first two weeks. So, Kurt, besides a uh, a new child on the way, which congratulations again, I'm sure uh, M is excited to have that baby just born. <laughs> yeah. uh, what else are you bringing to October, my friend? You're doing a couple of things, right? Right. So, um, we are bringing in a new kid, got a new house, um, in a new home now. And I am trying to do my first solo creative project. Um, I don't wish I had a name for it. I wish you guys (laughs) terrible (laughs) plug named, um, to be determined, but I am essentially just going to try and do myself, um, a podcast based on scary stories written by myself, performed by myself. I'm trying to mess with the audio format a bit and see what I can do there. Um, I'm trying to go for four episodes. One is essentially done. Three other ideas are being written and recorded now. Uh, Just trying to get one out a week through October. Yeah, that's great. I listened to the first one. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, So yeah. And and, you know, if you do come up with a name, you will come up with a name. Before this airs, I'll make sure to say that at the beginning. Okay, uh, the the intro of of the podcast because uh, if ever everyone wants to know we are actually recording this in September because you know what right. there's there's a lot in October there's a lot but as Kurt has a lot there, yeah. everyone's got a lot you have a ton right just every day yeah every day this will be <laughs> literally every day <laughs> this is number five this is thirty one days of Halloween day five so um, they have already heard four days. And then and now they're going to hear uh, 26 more after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's busy, but uh, I'm excited for you to do that again. Just keep me updated. I'll make sure I share it with everybody. I, I did listen to the first episode that you had sent me. I really, really enjoyed it. it was very creative, very fun. Uh, and you do a great job narrating the story, uh, but I won't give too much away. You know, I don't want to, I want people to go, to go listen to Thank it, you. but it is, it is, there are definitely, uh, some creepy parts within it and the way that you lead up to those creepy parts and tell the story is very good. So good job. Good job, my friend. Hopefully the other three are just as good. You know what I'm saying? If they bomb, then maybe I'll have to back out of my support. (laughs) Uh, You have a Will Wonder name attached to those. Exactly. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, but before we go, I didn't, I didn't prepare you for this, but, um, maybe if if you want to give a couple of suggestions, obviously we're not going to review these movies, uh, right now, but I may do them later in the month. But any any horror films that really stick out to you that you love to go back and rewatch? Um, I think I was on this last year's Scream. Oh um, yeah, so Scream good. is for me one of the best, just one of the best pop. Um, what's the word they use for it? Um, You're a sucker for a teen movie, and throwing that in, I with am a sucker for a teen West movie. West Craven, uh, <laughs> just like a pop culture, <laughs> gosh, what's the phenomenon? <laughs> um, pulp. Thank you, Pulp. Oh, okay. Um, pulp movie just out there. Just absolutely love Scream. Yeah. Um, new movie that came out. We went and saw Barbarian. Mm. Um, I still need definitely to see worth it. worth seeing. One of my favorite recent horror movies. Um, it has things I like. I always like tongue in cheek stuff. Um, mm. where they're kind of like playing on things. Going back to Scream, they have a little bit of that in it. Mm. Um, really, really great movie. Uh, saw Black Phone. Uh, are you are you covering Black Phone this year? Yes, yes, I am. Loved Black Phone. Um, Me too. So good. 
Yep. Uh, I think way back before the Will Wonder podcast was started when you were doing just quick Instagram videos Mm -hmm. on reviews for Halloween, um, we did Sinister. Yep. Um, Love, love Sinister. I just love Ethan Hawke. Two Ethan Hawke. Yeah, he does a great job. And and it's a lot Uh, of the same uh, actors in Black Phone as as is in uh, Sinister. Is it the the same director? It's got to be. I don't know. I'll have to look that uh, up. I don't know. The, the cop is in Sinister's or in uh, Black Phone as well. The guy who plays the cop in Sinister. So yeah, uh, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of the same dudes. Um, and then for me, in my opinion, the scariest movie I've ever seen, Hereditary. I'm, I'm not going to watch it again. But if you guys want to watch it and get really <laughs> freaked out, go ahead. <laughs> Man, Hereditary has a lot of very. I mean, it has a lot of scary scenes. Which is, you know, enough at that, but it has a lot of very uneasy, creepy scenes where when you're watching it, it doesn't quite make sense until the the film ends. But yeah, I I cannot get out of my head. And it's not even like a real scary scene in the film. It's just one of those creepy ones. When they're at the funeral of the grandma and there's the guy standing off to the side of the the, uh, coffin. That's what the word I'm looking for. Um, Yeah. And the daughter, is it the daughter? I think it's the daughter that looks up at him and he's just smiling. Just a so, creepy, ugh. again, that weighted dust feeling where I'm like, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> I did not like, I know exactly what he's like. It's not just a smile. It's like a no. shit eating grin. Yeah, like it's very, on. very, very weird. Um, very, very weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited to see what uh, uh, Ari Aster does. I think he's making another. Uh, this is the thing about him; he's a really fucked up human being mentally, as far as <laughs> what I gather from these movies. Because he doesn't even call him horror. Like, like he called uh, Midsummer a breakup movie, which, like, I guess you could say that, but <laughs> had a lot more than that. And I, I'm trying to remember what he called uh, Hereditary, but he didn't call it a horror film either. Which, oh my gosh! If he's gonna, if he decides to sit down and make a horror film, like, it's probably gonna be fucking terrifying or awful one of the two <laughs> yeah no kidding um yeah he's a freak if that's the way he sees his movies kind of <laughs> kind of going back to uh blair witch yeah uh king of the slow burn like these movies aren't fast paced either but right like, right right by the end of it you're completely unnerved and you know i don't think horror movies will never be um highly touted i guess like what do I want to say? Like uh, award season, de- uh, mm. like you know what I mean? Like, like they're never best be... actor and different things. Right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But there truly is like there's more to just making something that make jump scares. Like some yeah. of these directors are like the best at what they do. Yep, and are extremely effective at the art form. So yeah. there is there is talent behind these movies for sure. For sure, you just have to find the good ones. There's a lot of bad ones, but there's <laughs> a lot of, of there's a lot of really great. Uh, great horror films and and one there's there's a horror film for every everybody so like if you you know you can't take scares there's like quote-unquote horror films for that if you're really into like the crazy shit there's horror films for that if you're paranormal whatever it may be there's always something out there for everybody so all right kurt thank you uh once you get that um uh your show all ready to go which more than likely I mean, we're getting close, you know what I mean? We're but I would, Im- I would imagine the first episode would come out sometime that first week in October. So probably real close to when this comes out, and I'll make sure to, to share it and put the link in the podcast description if everything's ready to go. 
Yeah, the only thing that's going to stop me from getting it out earlier than later is if so. Babies, babies' due dates on October seventh, guys. If it, mm-hmm. something happens and I'm not able to get this out, that's why. Promise, yeah. it's a good reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, but I will be working on getting something out. Yeah, you know, all that means is you just have to record everything like today and just schedule <laughs> it to go out. That's exactly yeah, no what I've done with these reviews. <laughs> They're all scheduled because I'm like, I can't yeah, do this every day. That's where you're the king, man. You, yeah. you know it. Yeah. All right, bro. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks, dude. I love this. See ya. <laughs> I'm going to jump in here real quick and give a huge congratulations to Kurt and his wife, M for having their little baby boy. Yes, it happened just a couple of days after we recorded that, uh, 31 days of Halloween. So congratulations to both of you. Very happy for you. Baby's healthy. Mama's healthy. So congratulations. And if you need anything from the Will Wonder Pod outside of, you know, just great Um, horror movie suggestions while you're home and the baby's sleeping, which probably isn't the best thing to watch. Uh, Just let me know. Now let's get on to Emerson Kennedy. Man, I'm very, very excited today. One of my all-time favorite guests has made a comeback. Mm. Uh, One of my favorite people to connect with. He was on the 24th episode back in 2021. Now he is on the 94th episode. Crazy. 70 weeks ago. Um, Battle rap God, you know, he, he may say he's not, but he is. <laughs> All-around creative human being, my guy, Emerson Kennedy. EK, how are you? I'm really good, man. It's good to, it's good to see you. It's good to be here. Um, I've, I realized, like, I don't think we, like, we ever got into a friendship level when we were doing music together. Yeah. Well, we're, we were, uh, it was a friendly competition, but we were also very busy. Yeah, very true. Yeah. But we, I think we always related and we always talk shit to each other because you had terrible sports takes all the time. You know, <laughs> it's like Hornacek's top two shooting guard. Okay. No, he's not. No, no. no. See, that was something I absolutely never said, but. <laughs> but uh, I feel like a podcast now is just an excuse to hang out with you. So it's good. Yeah, man. yeah. It's good. I know. Really Anytime you're in town, just fucking let me know. I appreciate it. We can, we can pod. Thanks quote unquote pod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was so bummed the last time uh, you were here, you were shooting gray area. Mm. And Evan had put something up on Instagram saying, hey, we're looking for extras tonight. Yeah. And I had an event to DJ. And never in my fucking life have I been so upset (laughs) that I was going to get paid to go DJ somewhere. I was like, I can't cancel this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill me. Always chase the money, man. Always get the money. We'll always be here. You know, we're not going anywhere. Season four. I'll I'll, I'll make, you know, if you're you're doing it here, just let me know like a couple weeks before. I'll fucking cancel all my shit. For sure. Evan, who is our uh, resident everything, he lives in Utah. So he's like, I'm sick of coming out to LA. So we're definitely going to be in Utah more often when we're filming. So definitely reach out. So, um, I mean, you're in town for Mike Masters yeah. for the most part. Uh, yeah. uh, we'll get to that soon, so shout out okay. to Gabino on that. Yes, sir. But first, I want to I go through a, a quick list of accomplishments. Oh, shit. Since the last time you've been here, okay? Okay, all right. Number one, you've continued to do work against any and all competitor in the rap battlefield. I Oof. follow you. I, be, uh, I watch them. Mm-hmm. So shout out to you on that. You, Sarah, and Evan have finished season two of Gray Area, mm-hmm. which I, I really loved. You can get that on YouTube, Last Second C. If you look that up on YouTube, Gray Area is on there. Uh, and you're currently filming season three. Yes. Uh, you started the public school education game show on the <laughs> Last Second C YouTube channel, which yeah. is really fucking funny. Thank you. Have you have different battle rappers come on uh-huh. and ask them just shit you should learn in school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the public school system has failed us, by the way. It only took two episodes <laughs> to realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been a little, been a little tough. Um, but... 
what I'm most proud about, EK. Mm-hmm. And it could be selfishly because I feel like I played a small part in this, uh-huh. is that the Timbaland and Magoo discography <laughs> is now available <laughs> on all DSPs. Last time you were here, we talked about this, yeah, how true. pissed off we were. Yes. Because that, that essentially got you interested in rap, if I remember correctly. Yeah. trying to make beats. Timbaland for sure. And we were like, how the fuck isn't this on DSPs? And then yeah. one day it happened. Bro, listen, man. <laughs> I'm pretty careful about what credit I take. You need to take that, bro. You need to own it. That was just you. No, that, was no, like, no, no. that was like Jimmy Iovine listening to your pod being like, all right, all right let's, what do we let's pay Let's do him? it. Okay. Yeah. Just get Timbo some money. This guy wants it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I haven't listened to it on DSPs yet. I got to listen to oh, it. Oh, man. I um, When it came out, when they all came out, obviously, I just ran through them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but from time to time, I'll go revisit different ones. Yeah. First album, Welcome to Our World. Just Give me some songs off there. Uh, Love to Love You, Clock oh, Strikes, sh- oh, Smoke sh- in the Air, that static major hook. Well, for I heard that first when I was in, I think that came out, I was in fifth grade, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Maybe sixth, fifth or sixth. I can still, I would still hear that even if I didn't listen to the album. Like before it was on DSPs, Crazy. that static major. So oof. good, man. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, the way Timlin's music was a little bit oh, wonky, for lack of a better term, you know, mm-hmm. just experimental. It sounded like Magoo's voice, like, was a Timlin instrument. Yeah, you know, it, really it was did. so quirky that it's like, yep. man, this is the only person that can rap with Timlin. You know, like, yeah, yeah man, I got it. When the clock strikes is my shit, I got to <laughs> listen to that, man. I really love that. So good, yeah, yeah. that that mm-hmm. that whole album, and then the other albums are cool, but that first one just has a special place in my heart. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so those are some of the accomplishments, right? But, yeah, but, we got Timbaland in check. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, besides all that, what else? What else is new with you? What have you been up to? Ooh, man, I was. Uh, I, I visit Utah probably two or three times a year when I'm not filming, and uh, I, I have a which, which we'll talk about a battle here um, next weekend, Saturday uh, the eighth, mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. Um, and this was the first time that I was like, man, I miss home. Mm. Home is in Utah because LA. I've been there maybe thirteen years. It still doesn't feel like home. God damn! I yeah. can't believe it's been thirteen years. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, I love it. I love it a lot, but it doesn't feel like home. You know, like Utah feels like home still. So I was like, let me go there uh, a little bit early and just chill in Utah, see my friends. I always feel like I miss a, a friend or two when I'm here because I'm mm-hmm. always in and out. And so I've been here for. I'm scheduled to be here for like a week and a half, and I've been doing nothing but seeing friends. Man, it's so nice. That's great. It's really really nice, man. And they, I don't know, like as a. I don't know. I think my my adulthood is uh, becoming like embracing the things I was embarrassed about when I was young, mm. you know. And it's like I was embarrassed a little bit about this the shape of Utah, how it was um, yeah. growing up, and now I find myself missing it. You right. know, like missing some of the ideals here. You know, some of them are a little crazy, but like as in any state. But sometimes I come home to here, and all my Utah friends are like, "We're growing so fast. We're growing so fast." And I think they say that because maybe I live in LA and I'm like, is it yeah. a competition? I'm like, that's not what I want to hear. Yeah, I want to hear like, like my that. Utah's yeah. the same, you <laughs> yeah, know, like yeah. I still want like long lines out of the Maverick, you know, construction <laughs> workers, you know, like that's my Utah, you know, I always wanted to stay like that. I mean, it's such a great place to live, so it's not going to stay that way, but yeah, but yeah, um, as, uh, as far as what I've been up to, you know, I've just been started working on an album again mm. um, and the creative process has been weird for me. I'm like, we talked about off uh, air that like I got into a lot of hallucinogenics, <laughs> psychedelics and stuff. And it's really allowed me to like kind of not only just like uncover certain traumas that I had, but been more free in the creative process too. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I realized how much I miss making music. Mm. You know, when I like was in my young thirties, I was like, if I'm not the world's biggest rapper, it's a fail. I got to think of something else. Yeah. And now that I've been creating other stuff, like that music bug has just been like missed it. Oh my gosh, it's just been biting and biting and yeah. biting until I'm like, all right, let me just start songwriting again and. I've just like fully like delved into it. So just working on an album and trying to release it early next year. Nice. <clears throat> so the whole time coming here and then preparing for this, I, that's one thing that was sticking out in my mind. Like, mm. I wonder if he's going to put out music again. Yeah. You know, because I thought, I, th I think I've told you this before, but you were so good, right? And I always thought uh, you were one of the few when we were all doing it that could really go somewhere with it. Mm. And take it somewhere, whether and then obviously you have, right? You've you've gone the rap battle route, and you've also created a lot of other cool shit mm -hmm. off of that, mm -hmm. right? Um, but I'm excited to hear to hear your music. I want to see Thanks, what it's man. like because I, I the last thing I remember, uh, I want to say it was 2014. It may have been 15. My you know I'm getting a little older, ek. So sometimes <laughs> yeah. my shit. I right, man. Uh, but was it uh, I meant to call? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's the last. Thing I remember. Did you, have you done anything since then as far as like album or EP? Oh, not wise? album. Uh -uh. I meant Damn. to call it my last album. I th oh, you know what? I had an EP after that called Him and Hers. Mm. And uh, and that was about just a year after that. But ever since then, I've been doing so much screenwriting. Yeah. You know, that I haven't really delved into it. But um, that love for music, man, I tried to transfer it over. I tried to transfer it over to screenwriting, which I very much love. Yeah. But that first love you have, man, it's hard to leave her at the altar, you know? And so, so it's just like, once I started trying to songwriting again and rapping in a different way than I was used to rapping, you know, I, I rapped in a lot of metaphor now. And I, I think my taste in writing has changed where I'm like, I just want people to be more concise actually, mm. you know, like I've heard a lot of metaphor rap. That's really, really good. I've heard a lot of wordplay, but at this point in my life, I think something's really beautiful. And this is probably why I love pop music so much. I think it's cool if you can write a chorus on a napkin, man. Yeah. But mean a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I think it's really important to be concise, but really, you know, meaningful mm -hmm. in how concise you are. And that's what I've been trying to do in, in this project. It's called uh, How to Become Everything You Hate. Because uh, <laughs> a lot of the stuff like <laughs> that I've been growing into in my 30s, I, I, I thought as a kid, I'd be like, oh, I would never be that person. Am I the mm -hmm. person saying I'm too busy to hang out? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like <laughs> am I the person that's choosing like, content over creativity, mm. you know, like, so it's just me facing a lot of those things. I'm like, am I becoming everything I hate, which might not be a bad thing. You know, maybe I had a different view when I was young, but, uh, it's mostly introspective, you know, it's kind of my journey into like adulthood or being a man or trying to think about what kind of man I want to be, you know? Man. So how, how do you know about how many tracks we, you it's short, use? man. It's seven or eight songs seven. and I'm out of there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Are you working with anybody production wise out here in Utah or is it mostly in California or just all over the place? Yeah, it's mostly in California. I just spent, you know, um, a couple nights at Wes's studio. So mm. Wes, for anyone that knows me, is like, he's the first person I made music with yeah. and like one of the most important people in like my music journey, maybe just like a journey as a human who's a really talented producer and engineer and um, we'll probably cut a few records too. Nice. You know? Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm excited for that, man. Thanks, man. If yeah. You, uh, if you need, you know what I mean, anyone to help push it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Got you. Saw her at me. I got you. Yeah, you, you can get Timberland money. You can get me money. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> I have powers. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love that you're making music again in that sense because I, I wonder what's the difference from going to because in battle rap you have to have everyone's ear in such a short time mm. and make it, it. There are metaphors, but it has to be very concise as well. Yeah. So what's the difference in that and writing uh, a song? Ooh, for me, and this is not the case. Um, for all musicians, it's just what I've found. For mm -hmm. battle rap, 
I'm writing a lot to please the crowd yeah. or the internet, you know? Um, Music-wise, um, I'm writing to kind of like, just like do it for me, mm. you know? I want people to like it. I'm not one of those artists that's like, I'm just going to put it out. I don't care if people like it. I definitely want people to like it, yeah. you know? But the main motivation is like, what do I really want to hear and what do I really want to say? You know, I think it's really beautiful that like Kendrick, who's basically Prince, you know, um, but a rap version of Prince and just like one of the greatest writers and artists of our time can just write a song being like, rich nigga, mm. broke phone. And that's it. You know, yeah. like that, I think that's fucking beautiful. You know, like yeah. um, there's no metaphor in that. Yeah. Saying so, so much, but saying so little. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so I've really, really drawn to that. And I'm like, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, even with like all of my taste. I don't know. Are you a big Atlanta guy? Do you watch Atlanta? Uh, I watched a little bit. I haven't. I haven't stayed up on it. To okay. Be and uh, the trend in TV is like a lot of surrealism. You know, it's mm. like if you want to show that you have a crush on somebody, they'll do like this metaphorical painting of like something to make right. it artsy, whatever. And I used to love that, but now with like the trend in art that I'm making and what I look for, I'm like, I just want it to be direct, man. Mm-hmm. I really want it to be direct and let's let's not sugarcoat it. And I'm trying to. Hopefully, I can accomplish that. You know. Yeah. So you're saying early next year is the plan for that? Yeah. Yeah. It might even be earlier than that because okay. it's uh, once I caught a bug like you got to knock the rust off, man. You know? And I was like, oh yeah, I got to deliver this better. And I spend a lot of time with the delivery. I just like have a weird voice naturally. So I like try to like make it sound you certain think? ways. Yeah. Okay. I think our voices always sound a little weird. In oh, sound, sound weird. Dark. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I feel you on that. <laughs> so I've been trying to use my voice like an instrument too. So, um, mm. so yeah, I'm, pu- I'm pumped on it, man. I hope it's fucking good. Yeah. You know, that's the, like the Biggest thing, I'm like, I've taken such a break that I hope it's just good music. Yeah. You know, that lasts. Well, think about how much you've built your network mm-hmm. since your that last DP came out or the last album came out. Yeah. Eight years ago, right? Yeah. So are you nervous about the reaction from it? Or are you I know you said you're not worried. You made it for you. Yeah. Right. But obviously you wanna you wanna get good feedback. Are you nervous uh at all? Or is it just kinda like, I'll live with this because I, I like it. No, 100% nervous. Yeah, I yeah. stay nervous. I think um, <clears throat> as ther- therapy taught me this, which is like a lot of people have feelings. People have feelings all of the time. The people that really struggle with them judge the feelings. Mm. You know, so like if you're feeling sad, you you can beat yourself up. by It's already enough to feel sad, but you can beat yourself up and be like, why am I feeling sad? Why am I sad all the time? And that's like judgment to your feelings, you know? Okay, yeah. Um, so <laughs> the reason why I mentioned that is like, I had the feeling about making music and I was before I'd be like nervous if people liked it. And the fact that I'm nervous of making it, I'm like just happy that I'm nervous, you know, like in, in my belief, if you've gone too long without feeling like scared yeah. or joy or like nervous or anxious or something, it's like, I don't think you're pushing life in any way. Exactly. You know, like a lot of people say it. If like, if you haven't heard, no, you're not like asking the right questions for a while, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's the same thing for me. I'm like, it's cool to feel nervous like this, man. I think yeah. it's like, the version of us that's like scared to ride the Colossus a little bit, you yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. like, that's, yeah. that's why Take we like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, it's like, that's why we kind of like it is because it scares us. And so, yeah, definitely nervous. Man. Okay. Good, 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 good. I, um, once you put the album out, maybe a little like small tour, you know what I mean? I think so. Come back here, do something. Yeah. You, again, you got a lot of connections and, uh, we can make something work here. That would be pretty dope. Yeah, man. I've, oh, I really like this city. I, this state, I should say. I'm from yeah. Davis County, so Fruit Heights, like Cherry Hill area, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, And being away from it for a long time, and, you know, just as like a black person growing up in Utah, it's weird. Yeah. You know, it's, it's strange. It's like, it's really layered. And so there's still a lot of hurt there, but I, I don't know. I flew off, off the gas of hurt for a long time, mm. but it, it, it disguised how much I was thankful for where I grew up. 
you know, um, it allowed me to see into a lot of things that I wouldn't had been able to see and understand a lot of things that I wouldn't have. And so I just been kind of embracing this like place that built me, yeah. you know, and it's like really nice. I'm in a really good place with Utah. I think I avoided it for a while. Mm. You know, was it, was it just, was it the, the way you felt growing up or were you more, I don't want to say ashamed, but kind of like, yeah, that's where I'm from, but that's not who I am. Yeah. Yeah. It's the latter. Okay. You know, but it's, but that's not true now. It is who I am. You know, this place mm-hmm. made me, but I, I wanted to deny it because just as a kid, it's really fundamental. It's really, it's overly simple, you know, that's kind of embarrassing, but it's just the way life works. It's like, I didn't see myself anywhere here. Yeah. Let alone my skin color. I didn't see my thoughts or like dreams here, you know, um, just where I was, you know, there's definitely sure. more popular areas, but I was in a small town and I wanted to create at a high level and be paid well for it. And I couldn't throw a rock and hit anyone that has done that. Yeah. I didn't have any proof of it, you know? So um, learned to kind of disdain where I grew up at just because my dreams weren't like mirrored there, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. which is an immature way of thinking about it. You know, like if I was more mature back then, I would just take the good, mm. you know, and just realize that every place has the good and bad, you know, but like, cause now I live in a place where I see dreams come true every day, mm. but people are, can be much worse to each other. Yeah. You know? So it's like, I just, it's just the good and take. And now I'm just kind of in a spot where, I'm really appreciative of this place, man. I'm, I'm, I really am, you know, and like the, the, and that's, we'll, we'll talk about the Mike Masters thing, but like this place taught me or gave me opportunities to start battle rapping and battle rapping has been like paying my bills for a long time. I right. eat because of it, you know? Yeah. So, so I don't know. I'm just trying to compartmentalize it uh, yeah. well enough, you know? Well, I love that you come back and you've come around to it because yeah. I, I think last time we even talked about it where I was like, you know, there may be that kid in Davis County who's just like you mm. at that age. Yeah. Right. And doesn't see anybody, but if he knows you're from there and you just, you know, I mean, you make it known where you're from. He can see somebody that has done something that they wanted to do, whether it be in music or, or in film or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, it is hard when, you know, they always talk about representation. If you don't see something there, yeah, it's, it's hard to believe you can do it. Bro, I'm in like super liberal LA um, where I, even I get sick of it, you know, like, you know, everyone's like, there's a cause for everything now, yeah. you know? Um, and I'll admit that I'm like, shit, this is too much, man. And I'm a liberal and I'm like, I fucking hate liberals, you know? But cause everyone's like, what's your speech at the Oscars going to be? You know, it's gotta be about, you oh, know, boy, yeah. and I'm like, Oh, is that what we're, that's who we're listening to? We're listening to Jude Law's take on social dynamics. You know, it's like, it's just a little like hollow, you yeah, know, yeah. but at the, in the like heart of it, when you bring up representation, there's some stuff I've seen that I'm like, oh shit, that movie literally changed my mind about that. Mm. You know, I saw this movie called um, Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Mm. Okay. And I thought as a man with a dumb man brain thinks, I'm like, I thought I can kind of conceptualize, not understand, but kind of conceptualize the trauma of like having to have an abortion or whatever. And this movie followed this girl from Pittsburgh where it's illegal in Pittsburgh to have an abortion. She's 18, just slept Mm. with a guy, got pregnant. And she has to travel to New York on no money with no way to get back, no way to afford this abortion and what she has to go through. And I'm like, oh, I was sitting in this two-hour film feeling really fucking uncomfortable. And then it came over me. I was like, oh, I need to be sitting in this two-hour film feeling really uncomfortable right now. And there has to be representation of this for someone who's a fake, woke, liberal like me being like, (laughs) protect women's rights. But it's like easier to say that than really understand that, you know? And I don't understand it, but at least a movie opens up perspective for Mm -hmm. me, you know? So yeah, when you say representation, I'm like, yeah, I know that's the core and it's truly, truly important. And maybe there is another kid in Davis County like me, you know, but, um, but you know, where I live, people get to kind of get it, 
carried away with it, you know? Yeah, so. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> everyone has dreams there, you know? Yeah. And everyone should have dreams, but that's like, you know. I yeah. What was, the na- what was the name of the movie? Never? Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Bro, it's it's so good, bro. It's Watch so damn, it. it's it's heart-wrenching. Yeah. You know, but it's so good. It's really damn good. Oh, I forgot how much of you are a movie head. That's why we get along so yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I have a movie take from you really quick? Sure. What's the best thing you've seen this year? And it better not be some fucking horror movie, Will. Don't like, like, don't do Scream Nine or some shit here's on me. The, so here's the tough thing about this year. Okay, I've been very busy with this. Okay, all right, and, good. And and um, when my wife and I have time outside of my son, mm-hmm. you know, we'll we'll hang out. We'll, we'll we'll just do other things. Sometimes we'll watch a film. Like we're watching movies now just because it is October. Cool. Okay. You know what I'm saying <laughs> so it's all scary movies. Yeah, it's okay. all scary shit. Right. I'm trying to think of the last. Man, well, you're dead now. So, like, the last thing is like Encanto or whatever that you see. <laughs> like, <laughs> if I have to watch the fucking Nightmare Before Christmas one more goddamn time. <laughs> um, nah, man, but it's been a lot of horror. If, if I'm yeah. going to be real with you, I watched uh, Ty West's X. I don't oh, know if you're familiar with him. Kid Cuddy in it? Yeah. Cuddy does a great job. The, the, it's, They're filming a porno at a farm or something? Yeah. So, they, they, uh, they go to like this small town in Texas mm-hmm. and they rent a little side house on this farmland of this older, old, old, like 80 year old couple. Mm-hmm. And they're using it to, to film a porno. And, you know, there's a director who, ha- we talk about dreams. <laughs> He's wants to make a porno, but like a beautiful, like cinematic Hell yeah. porno in the late seventies. <laughs> and then you have, you know, three women, uh, three dudes. Cuddy's the only guy that's actually in the movies. There's a producer, the director, mm-hmm. uh, and then three girls. And um, it's, it's such a, throwback to old horror cool where we don't really get that anymore you know what i mean mm-hmm. but it's really smart and it's shot it was a it was a million dollars was the budget holy cow that the, goes by quick yeah and, and when you get cuddy like yeah i don't know what cuddy costs for a film <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. um but it's and the the main actress her name is uh uh my, mia mia goth okay she does a great job. Amazing, bro. huh? So yeah. you'd recommend it even though I'm not a horror fan. Yeah, yeah. It's. I think you would re- appreciate the way it's shot, the way they cut, the way it's edited. Like this Ty West guy did all of it. Okay. And he got two other movies off of this one. Hell yeah. It ended up making like 15 million, which isn't like blockbuster, but it was a million dollar film. That's dope. Yeah. That's really, really dope. So do you, how does your feel about, because I'm more thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So give me your thoughts on Nope. I, I liked Nope. Um, I, it wasn't my favorite out of, I mean- uh, Get Out is, was just incredible, like the mm-hmm. way that he made that movie. I liked Us, but I really did like Nope. It was one of those things with Jordan Peele where you leave the fucking movie and you start thinking about other things within the film. Oh, you're cool. not really watching it. Yeah. But I enjoyed it. It wasn't necessarily scary. Yeah. Um, but it was good. Okay. Yeah. All right. What did you think? You didn't Ooh. love it. I'm, you know, I'm tied um, as a brown person. This is like kind of O.J. Simpson, not guilty, guilty thing. <laughs> In public, I have to say I like all Jordan Peele's movies. Yeah. You know, like, like in public, if the, if the mics were off, I'd tell you something different. Yeah. I think he's brilliant, yeah. you know, and it's it's required people like me to be like really analyze his film when I'm like, it says a lot about Jordan Peele that I've never tried to analyze a horror or thriller movie before. No doubt. And I'm holding him to a standard. So even yeah. if I didn't like the film, yeah, I'm like, bro, he's doing something really incredible. Yeah. You know? He is. That's my... My Caucasian answer. You know, know, once we turn the microphone yeah. off, I'll tell you what I actually thought about that piece of <laughs> <Yeah>. shit. <laughs> no, just in my brain, a lot of his ideas don't fully land for me. But that yeah. could be because I don't, I'm not grasping something. Yeah, you know. So. Yeah, his. Uh, I mean, it's gonna. It's hard to. I love Get Out. 
it, it's going to be hard to top Get Out. It's a tough think. one, man. Us was cool, though. Us was more like a, it felt more like a, a horror film where it was like in your face. Yeah. Yeah, it was scarier. Yeah. And then this, Nope, was cool, but it, yeah. I don't know. Not scary by any yeah. means. Yeah. 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 Sure. <laughs> it was cool. And I love the way he shoots everything, too. It looks great. Like even the shit he did with Candyman, the remake of Candyman. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, I, I, really, it huh? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And I didn't love the old Candyman films. Me either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and everyone, like, I watch reviews and hear people, like, give their takes. And uh -huh. they're like, oh, this is nothing like the old Candyman. The old Candyman was great. I'm like, I thought the fucking old Candyman was awful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's some stuff that, like, weirded me out as a kid that I didn't have the language to, like, mm. figure out why it weirded me out. Uh, Candyman was one of the things. The other thing was watching Gold Dust wrestle. It weirded me out as a yeah, kid. That, no, yeah, no, yeah. Maybe I was just being like a little like homophobic as a kid. <laughs> and you not know? even knew it. Yeah, exactly. Know. I was like, damn. It took me until like 20 years later to be like, oh, I was homophobic as fuck yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you saw him and Mankind wrestle, it was like, oh, yeah. This is fucking weird. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but this shit is yeah. not sitting Now with I just me. realize how close minded I am. I'm like, now I go to parties where that's the main event. You know? <laughs> People pay good money for that. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew Dustin Rhodes was ahead of his time? Exactly. Or maybe he was just yeah. at those parties yeah. back in the 90s. <laughs> That's sure. funny, man. I mean, I mean, we're right in the thick of my favorite time of year, right? Okay. So um, you said you don't necessarily like horror films. I remember last time we talked about It Follows, but <laughs> what are some of more of, of uh, horror slash sci-fi movies that you've enjoyed? Ooh, okay. There's um, this, I'm a little older, so I think like the perfect, you know, the movies that aren't getting made anymore, they're like the mid-budget movies. Mm -hmm. Now they're just turning into low-budget Netflix movies because yeah. like if you're not wearing a cape, people don't go see the movies, so, oh, which I'm not mad at, you know, but the mid-budget movies that I miss a lot are like the like What Lies Beneath mm -hmm. thrillers. Yeah. Or like a Bone Collector. Yeah. You know, or like Double Jeopardy. That Those like thriller movies, I think, okay. are completely not being made anymore that I really liked. Yeah. That it's just like, no, it wasn't ever going to be a great film. But like for two hours, you just escaped. You're, yeah, and you're kind of locked in. A hundred percent. Yeah, it's interesting seven, enough. Seven, yes, interesting yeah. enough to like, you don't want to move, you know, but uh, it's not going to like change your world. You know, I just think like, I don't know, but so many, the emphasis being on TV series now. Mm -hmm. Now when I go to a movie, I'm like, oh, this is nice. I, I want to live in a world for just two hours. Yeah. I don't want to start Game of Thrones and realizing I'm going to have to know like, 80 different cities, 300 character names. and put the fucking yeah. subtitles on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, it's like, I appreciate it, but I'm like, it's nice now that I can go to a theater and just be lost for two hours, you know, yeah. in and out of the world. Yeah, absolutely. I wish I saw more films than just horror films because it kind of says something about me what I go to the theater for. <laughs> I think that's cool, man. To get out of my world, just yeah. see some fucked up shit for a while and come home, <laughs> have dinner with my son, be like, hey, yeah. how was your day? <laughs> For oh, sure, man. yeah. <laughs> well, um, okay, so season three of yeah. Gray Area, you guys are shooting that now. Uh, can you give me any idea of, of, you know, what's going on this season as compared to the last two? Yeah, yeah, that's exciting to talk about. Um, yeah, after the last, so we shot the first season, didn't think it was funny when we were making it, and people were like, oh, this is kind of <sighs> funny. We had to be convinced that it was funny. We thought it was funny between us, you know, until <laughs> I was like, oh. I was double, I, I was just like slowly a little scared to write about all the hood shit that happens with a white girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like people can be offended, you yeah. know? But the, I realized it's like, bro, you have to write what's true. And 90% of our life is that, mm -hmm. you know, where it's like you have a white girlfriend brushed up against a real hood environment. Yeah. And I was scared that I was like, if I show this, is it going to make all the black people in the world look like they're from the hood? Oh, yeah. But I was like, oh, I can't be scared about that because literally my life right now, 
Most of my black friends are just from the hood. You <laughs> yeah. know, I like, you know, they're in the trenches, you know? So right. I'm like, I, I, but I would be lying. Maybe it's like a little irresponsible, but I would be lying that it's not accurate to my life. Mm-hmm. And so season two, I doubled down on like the, like throwing her in hood environments, you know? Yeah. Like, this shit, shit is great. funny to me, you know? So like, and I think it's funny to like, just see a fake woke white woman, you know, mm-hmm. like being pressured by trying to care about something that she's probably kind of scared of, yeah. you, you know, yeah. kind of like not know about. So uh, season two, we doubled down on it. And then season three, Thanks to the fans, man, uh, and, d- and definitely you for how much you've pushed it. So thank you for your support. Yeah. Like we did a, a GoFundMe, it got mm. fully funded. You guys gave us fifteen thousand dollars to shoot a series because I'll be honest, we were going poor shooting those seasons. Yeah, <laughs> um, and then and we were gonna go right back in it, and then we got like some interest, and so we we're mm. taking a couple months off to try to like formally pitch it mm. to networks. Um, and giving us some time. Um, and, if, and if it doesn't get picked up by like January, February, we'll finish this third season. Oh, okay. Which the third season is season zero. So it shows how me and Sarah, me and Kate, the character met. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well two things here. First one's not even really a question. Mm-hmm. If I ever meet Sarah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to distinguish and like take her, the person from Kate because like yeah. she does that really well. And it yeah. makes me feel like. That's yeah, just who she is, but obviously she isn't, right? <laughs> I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. But when you when you you talk about pitching to different network, networks and things, what is that like? Like, walk me through going in to meet with somebody. Great point. Yeah, this is really good. Um, first, I've always been like, as an artist, I've always been split between two things. One is just like make the art you want to make, you know. But then Quincy Jones would say when he's working with Michael Jackson, he's like it's really cute that you guys make music for your friends over here. We make hit records, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, yeah, and I yeah. think that's kind of cool too. Yeah. Like, just like, I, I, I think sometimes artists are like, oh, I don't want to go mainstream because they're really afraid of success, mm. you know, or really afraid that they want a- admitting that they want that success. So gray area was ours and it was cool to just keep it going and it would have grown. It was, it's, it was growing fast as yeah. it is. But at some point it's like, if we put a, all this effort into this, we got to give it its best shot, man. You know, I'm always scared of being like, the kid that was cool in high school that's like now working at Dairy Queen. There's nothing wrong with that, no, you know, but like- Great shakes. And yeah, yeah, I fucking love a blizzard. You turn <laughs> yeah. it upside down, doesn't move. Forget about uh, it. <laughs> this, the, so, so, segue. I have a platform for when I run for president and Dairy Queen <laughs> reminded me of it. It's mostly food related. And I my vice president rolls open if you want to think about it. Okay. My platform is that all vanilla should be salted. Mm. I mean, I'm sorry, all vanilla should be bean and all caramel should be salted. Oh, oh all vanilla should be bean. All, yeah, I'm with that. Yeah? yeah. Oh, that's all that I have figured out okay. so far. Well, we'll work on everything okay. else, yeah. <laughs> I can help push that agenda. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, that's all I have for now. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, in terms of like trying to give it its best options, uh, when you make a TV show, they have a thing called a pitch Bible, which is like seven to 12 pages, depending on what you want to put in there, which is like a log line. So what's the log line for Will Wonder's show? Will Wonder has a, an approachable style and cover, runs the gamut from anything from sports, entertainment, and everything in between. You know, that's your logline for the show, okay. you know? Or like Breaking Bad is like the most famous one. Logline was like, what if Mr. Belvedere became a Scarface? Mm. And that's fucking cool. Just in that, you'd want to buy yeah. the show. Yeah. You know, it's like, holy cow. Yeah. How, how did we see that, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you have to create a logline and then like a one sheet, which is just like one page that like some fat exec is uh, it's like entertaining enough for him to read because he's not creative, you know? He just got there because his parents were wealthy. So like yeah, yeah, yeah. if it comes across his desk, it can't be like too written well. It's just got to be written for like a second grader. <laughs> so we have to like work on gray area, you know? Like what happens when this person from this place meets this person from this place? Um, and then you go into like the main characters, mm. the seasons. A lot of people will have up to three seasons. I think Stranger Things, when it get, got bought, had up to four seasons already planned Holy out, shit. you know? So 
especially in the series world, it's so competitive now, you know, and you, I've spent, you know, my first show that I sold to a development deal, I spent 10 months on the pitch Bible, this gray area one, because I got a little bit better at it. It took us three months. Mm. And then we're working on what's called a sizzle reel, which is like a two minute, nine, sorry, 90 seconds to two minutes of just like highlights of your show, telling people what it's about if they don't want to oh, read. Okay. So and then once, and hopefully the hardest part is getting into a room or on a Zoom with someone that makes decisions. And then, then it's like, you got to be quick, man. This is our show. And everyone's like, what's your show saying? Why now? And why you? Holy and as shit. soon as you figure those three things out, it gives you a lot better chance, you know? Wow. It's like, why, what is it about? Okay, what, what's the meaning of it? Why yeah. do we, and then like, why are you the one to tell it? Mm-hmm. You know, and if you know those three things, you're, you're, you're pretty solid. Um, but then it's all like, it's still human error, you know? It's just like the person you pitched that day could have had a shitty day. Right. You know, or like, could have a great day, you know? Yeah. And stuff gets bought all the time that's bad and stuff that doesn't is good too. But like, it's just about really toiling down your like assets, like that pitch Bible, knowing how to pitch it. It's pretty tough, man. Fuck yeah, it <laughs> yeah, sounds it's pretty like tough. It. Yeah, it's competitive. When did you get comfortable in this world, EK? Because like, you t- go back to, you know, talking about growing up in Davis and then the rap uh, battle arena, but like, that's a totally different world. It is, yeah. And I think I think it was Jordan Peterson that had that like four levels of smart, I don't know, where he's mm-hmm. like, you're in conscious ignorance, then you're conscious ignorant, and then you're Con- unconscious intelligent and then you're conscious intelligent. It's like when, when you're growing with something and I was unconsciously ignorant when I was screenwriting in the beginning. I was like, if I just have a cool idea, people will buy it. And yeah. If like anyone's listening, that's a writer. I'm definitely not the end all be all, but like a lot of people will be like, I have an idea for a show. And I'll tell you now, like the idea does not matter, man. Mm. The idea is like the least thing that matters. Okay, It's always about the character, the character story. And I, for the first two or three years, I was like, I gotta come up with a cool idea. And that's not it, man. If you can really tell like really human stories, that's always going to give you the best chance. So like, mm. I'll keep using and stop me if this gets fucking boring as shit. No, this like, is great because I, 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 people don't know about this. Yeah, like people approach me all the time and they're like, "What if I had like an imaginary friend that the viewer could see?" I'm like, "That's cool. What is it saying?" Yeah, it's, that's a cool idea. I would watch that, but at the end of the day, you only watch a cool idea for like 20 minutes. Right. You have to care or not care about somebody enough to keep going. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're writing, it's always and if it's a human story, which are my favorites, it's always like. Uh, your character has a want, right? Um, and your character has a need, mm. right? So are you a Breaking Bad fan? Did you watch all of oh, Breaking yeah. Bad? Oh, yeah. Walter White was just like this scorned guy that missed out on a huge opportunity because he developed a huge company that he got bought out for very young, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, the cancer thing is probably what sold the show. It's like he finds out he has cancer one day and he's got to get money and becomes a drug dealer. Yeah. But that went away. The cancer went away very quickly. Right. What was the real sickness was like Walter felt so unjust about what happened that he missed out on that huge opportunity. And that set him on a path to be like, I'm going to rule the fucking world with no end in sight. Mm -hmm. Right. So his want, and, and for anyone writing, this is literally how you write human stories. It's the coolest way to write it. It's like, you have to decide their want, which is definitely not the thing they need. Yeah. Yeah. That's how humans are flawed. Then you have to decide their need. And the really good stuff, like Breaking Bad and a lot of other TV shows, is when the character thinks his want is his need. Mm. And, and that's TV writing. You yeah. know, Walt thinks that he needs a lot of fucking money to prove to his friends that like, bought him out when he was young that he's a man. Yeah. And he didn't go have this like, wasted intelligence on just being a school teacher. What he really needs is just to accept like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that we make mistakes as a human. You know, but the whole series is like his battle between his want 
and is needed. And even the, one of the coolest parts of Breaking Bad where Skylar opens up that shed and she's like, there's millions of dollars. She's like, where does it stop? Mm-hmm. And that's like a manifestation of that writing technique. It's like, that's a manifestation of this is what you thought you needed. And it really is just a want. It's just sitting here going crazy. There's, yeah. This doesn't end, you know? So just in like, this is a little like woo woo, but like just in even like human experience, that's how a lot of people get depressed or go crazy. It's like, they don't have a goal line. Mm-hmm. Some of my friends are just like, I want to get rich. I'm like, bro, <laughs> that's not an end to anything. You're right. You know, like once you get a million dollars, you're definitely going to want $5 million. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not an end. If you just say you want to get rich, you're like, if you want to make sure your mom retires, that's an end goal. Yeah. You know? Um, so just like that, sorry, I'm going on tangents cause I love writing so much, no, but like, good. but that's what, what I love to write, how to write stuff like that. Um, but when you say, sorry to get back to the original question, like, oh, how I got into it and how I got good at it, or not good, but I'm just like competent yeah, yeah. at it now, bro, it's like one of the worst things about writing is just like, it's reps, man. Mm. It really is reps. I remember Pete Carroll's wife after the Seahawks won a Super Bowl, they were asking her about how much he's enjoying the Super Bowl win. And she's like, he really fell in love with the hard work. Yeah. He was enjoying the hard work more than he enjoyed the Super Bowl. And that's how he got there. Mm-hmm. You know? So like you have to trick yourself into liking the shit you hate. Yeah. And I hated just sitting at a computer thinking of ideas, you know? But <laughs> but that's the only way to really get better at writing. You know, no one's really that good when they start. And the only recommendation I have is like write what you know. Mm-hmm. You know, write your life, then you can get better at it from there on. Yeah. Do you, uh, I'm sure, you, I mean, last time you were here, we talked about all different types of ideas that you had, different things that you were writing. Yeah. Is, is that still the case? Like, I know you, you're working hard on this gray area thing to, mm-hmm. to possibly get picked up, but are you still writing other things? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, always a, who's the really rich white guy that everyone calls? Oh, Warren Buffett. <laughs> is he white? I don't even know if he's, he's white. He's very white. Oh, he's yeah. very white. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some cool quotes and he's like, he always makes a priority list of top five. Yeah. With creatives, man, I'm, I really stick by it. If I didn't have a priority list, I would want to like nudge every 20 different things a day that wouldn't ever get anywhere. Yeah. He's like, if it doesn't make the top five, it doesn't make the list, mm. you know? So with projects, I'm like, I have room for this. I have mental capacity for this. And I really want to make that, you know, but is it top five right now? Yeah. No, it's not, you know? And I'm a big believer in like my own theory is like, dream it, work your fucking ass off to get it, achieve it, and then fucking celebrate it. Yeah. And then rinse and repeat, man. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I'm just like, maybe we're victims of being the Kobe kids. Mm. Where it's like, fucking work your ass off, man. Yeah. Effort, effort, effort. You know, yeah. like we were raised off Jordan and Kobe. You know, it's yeah. like, those were our biggest influences. And so, and now the world's turned a little bit more to be like, bro, just embrace your happiness and try to find it now. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough yeah. to find that balance for our generation, yeah. by the way. Because we really feel like men should be a certain way, accomplish certain things. Mm. And then they're like, bro, it's okay. It just like life's good. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's a hard between finding hunger and complacency, you know? Yeah. I, uh, you know, I ask a lot of people this, that, that are doing cool things in their life. And, and I think you by far are doing some of the coolest shit, right. Especially coming from, um, years ago when I, when we first met, but how do you, so you're focused on all these things, right. Uh, working on Grarius, you have your top five list. And I have a question about that, mm-hmm. uh, after to follow up after this. How do you stay focused on what you want in the future, but at the same time find a way to live in the moment? Ooh, man, that's a great, gosh, I wonder why your podcast is so fucking good, man. <laughs> I can't believe I've watched so many podcasts. I'm like, that's a terrible question. <laughs> you know, I think that's why I watch like Bill Simmons, listen to Bill Simmons a lot. Cause I think of a question and then he asks it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, cool. He knows yeah. what his viewers yeah. think he. Um, uh, so I have this story that everyone has that's my age. I did a lot of drugs. Mm. I did a lot of hallucinogenics and like, 
mushrooms and acid. And I went to this one place called Area 15 in Vegas. It's off the strip in Vegas where it's like, Back in the seventies, the hippie, I think the hippies were right. They just didn't have money. They were broke. <laughs> okay. And nowadays, like the hippies have money. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of cool. It's like the burning man. It's like if the hippies saw burning man, they'd be like, what the hell? There's yeah. money in our like belief. <laughs> so uh, money, hippies with money built this like facility. And they're like, they kind of recommend to go on mushrooms. You mm. know? It's called Wink World, this little exhibition that we went inside of this place called Area 15. And you go into this dark room and there's a mirror that look where you're looking at yourself, but it reflects you. So you just see millions of versions of yourself. Hmm. One of those things, you okay, know? Okay, yeah. And lights go out. And it's, and I'm on shrooms, you know, mm. um, very much so I'm booming, you know, <laughs> and it's like, this voice is like, humans don't understand the concept of forever. It's why they struggle with religions, why they struggle with heaven. It's like, we can't ever grasp the concept of forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you now, the only thing that brings you close to understanding forever. And the only thing that lasts forever for humans is the now. Mm. The present is always forever. <clears throat> You know, and I'm sitting there on shrooms just like crying, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. So they're like, if you can master being present, that's your forever, you know? And bro, I've really taken, taken that to heart. Now, no one's really perfect at it. Yeah. Because you worry, you stress, you, even happy things you're excited for. When you're excited for something, you're not living in the moment, you know? Yeah. But uh, there's a reminder that I have that like, um, ever since then, I've like, man, I'm really, in terms of life, I've always wanted huge goals and I've realized like that day, I'm like, man, this is all icing on the cake from here on out, man. Mm-hmm. Really proud of what I've done. I'm really proud of my relationships. And when I look around the people that are around me, I'm like, oh man, we've had some ups and downs, but the now is really what makes like, I- I've been like trying to get through the now to get through to the future. And I'm like, the future's going to come, bro. Yeah. It's how it works. You know, it's always yeah, yeah. just going to come no matter be, what you yeah. do. And so knowing that and like having that moment, I've always been like, it's actually kind of fucked with how hungry I am to do stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, like we talk about it's a thin line that I'm like, I'm always appreciative of the now. So it takes a little bit of pressure off of how much I have to work in the future, but I'd yeah. rather take it, man. Yeah, I'd rather take it of being proud of like, and being happy of sitting here right now doing this podcast and thinking about a hundred things I have to do tomorrow. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I'm not perfect at it, but I've gotten a lot better. The realization has been there. You know? Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Going back to your top five list. Mm-hmm. How often are you reflecting on that? Like changing things or moving things around? Cause that's something that, even in my life, I've, I've tried to do something very similar, right? Yeah. Uh, but I don't think I vis- revisit it enough because there'll be times where I have something on there and I'm like, man, I'm really not passionate about this anymore. Mm. You know, but how often are you going back to really update it and, and change what you want to do? Yeah, that's huge, man. Um, this is like my half-baked theory, my belly button ring theory. I think any, <laughs> I've met so many like beautiful, intelligent women that have had a belly button scar. <laughs> You know, it's like, damn, we make dumb decisions, yeah. you know? <laughs> uh, there's so many women out there that have a belly button scar, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's cool. It's a reminder of yeah. like a, a decision you just made on the whim. When you, you wore know? the low rise jeans. Yeah, yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I say that because like as kids, all the, they, we always want to do things and they force us on like in this society to have a big goal at the end, which mm-hmm. isn't wrong or right, you know? And some people can be predetermined and that's how they bust their ass to get that goal. And yeah. some of it is just like, sometimes you were a 12 year old kid and wanted to be a fireman. Yeah. And it wasn't really valid, you know? So only you can like really ask yourself that question. That's all about being in tune with yourself, man. My mom gave me a key where it was like, Asad, you can quit something, but not because it's hard. If you fall out of love with it, quit it immediately. Yeah. And you might miss it and it might be sad, but don't walk away from something because it's hard. Mm-hmm. Walk away from it because you fell out of love with it. Mm-hmm. That's easy for me now. I'm just like, oh, did I set that goal two years ago when I was in this space to prove something to myself and I'm not in that space anymore? Yeah. 
okay, I'm not in love with that thought anymore. I can add something else, you know? So mm-hmm. that's just the question I have with my priority shift. I feel bad though, because there's really like, I don't know, there's a lot of people that had a dream when they were eight and they hadn't accomplished it. Yeah. And I can't tell, I don't know what to tell them, you know, or it's like, it's not even my space to tell them, but it's like, damn, man, do you still want that? Or is it just because that's like how life makes sense to you? Yeah, because it's, that's what you thought you had to do this whole time. A hundred percent. Like this is a personal note. But like, this might be too personal, but we tend to do that on this podcast. (laughs) My mom, you know, my dad was abusive and we were growing up in New York and my mom just took us one night. Like it went too far one night. Took all seven kids to Utah. Yeah. You know? And my whole life, I wanted to sell out Madison Square Garden. I wanted to be a touring musician. I wanted to win Grammys. I wanted to become something really, really great. Mm -hmm. Um, I was obsessed with fame, you know, and notoriety. And I just thought that was kind of our generation, which it is a little bit. Sure. People just want to be famous. They don't even care what it's for. Yeah. But in therapy, I realized it's because I viewed that act by my mom saving my life as a kid as like a heroic act, which it was, mm. you know? No doubt. And I had to do something heroic back to justify like my existence. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So I realized that in therapy and like my therapist like, your mom's already proud of you, fam. You yeah. don't have to do a thing. You just have to wake up. And I was like, oh shit, man. You know, like just like came over me. I was like, holy cow. Weight off your shoulders. Yeah, yeah, you know? And like now my mom is always like, I'm proud of you. And I'm always like, get a quivery voice when she says it. And shit. I'm like, cool, 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 Thanks, cool. Mom. Gotta go. I gotta head out. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I'm, I'm out of here, man. Yeah. Go fuck some bitches. Eat steak. <laughs> Change Shoot the tire. Some pistols. I don't know. <laughs> I got shit to do. Yeah, Yeah, man. So yeah, it's just, it's weird how the psyche works like that. (laughs) Um, You talk about therapy. You talked about therapy last time you were here. I think uh, now it's different, right? When we were coming up, a lot of people didn't talk about going to therapy or even what it could do for them. I think now it's a little different, but you talked about that. What else has it helped you do uh, or or helped you um, understand about yourself? Ooh, man. Like I, I genuinely think all men, in our society anyways, are just like really scared boys to the core. Mm. Like when you strip away stuff, they're just like really scared little boys, yeah. you know? And they're like trying to do everything to mask it or get rid of it, you know? I've had to realize the things that I was doing, are they really for me? Or are they like perception of what people think of me? You know, like that that's tough for me, mm. you know? And I hate to get too like space cadet, but that still plagues me a lot. It's like, do I actually want to do that? Yeah. Or do I think it's like cool that I do that? You know, and bro, it's 2022. If you've looked outside, cool stopped being a thing in the nineties, you know, like no one's trying to be cool anymore, man. You can just be yourself, you know? And I'm still like that kid. Maybe like, like the like, early 2000s. Cause yeah, I did yeah. have, I did have uh, bleached tips. Oh yeah. You know, I wore a bandaid under my eye. I feel you. <laughs> I thought that was it. <laughs> yeah. So that's still the thing that I'm like, is this truly making you happy or is it like the perception, you know, uh, that that's therapy's made me kind of realize. Now here's the thing. Therapy doesn't give you answers. Mm-hmm. It can. Mm-hmm. But if you go in there thinking like you're going to get answers, it's weird. It's just to reveal yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now face that, you know? And I've had to face some so, some things that I didn't really like, you know, manhood's weird. It you know, is. I think we're in a space right now where it's kind of like not cool to be manly. Mm-hmm. But there's still something really cool to me about being a flawed human being and having too much ego. And we've yeah. gotten a lot of cool things out of it, you know, like MMA wouldn't exist. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like ego's cool to me. You yeah. know, and I still think like the coolest sports are, I love all sports, but I think the truest ones are like boxing and MMA and tennis, where it's like just one on one because yeah. sport only exists to resemble war, you know, mm-hmm. like Coliseum shit, where just sure. one person trying to best another person. Yeah. Like in our days, it was like Shaq versus Kobe play on NBC this Friday. What's going to mm-hmm. happen? It's like maybe one of them scores on each other. Yeah. 
yeah. want to see these niggas fight. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you know so everything's kind of <laughs> metaphor for that. So like, so I appreciate it, but I'm also like always walking a weird balance of like that male ego is fragile as fuck. It gets in the way sometimes. And I have to know when to let it go. Yeah. You know, like now it's spooky outside, man. LA's Gotham now, you know, like kids are dying, you know, and it's, it's spooky outside to where it's like, oh man, the stuff that we're standing up for is not really the stuff that's like disrespecting you, you know, like it would take a lot to disrespect me to where like to want to be physical towards somebody nowadays, yeah. you know, I'm like, man, the mission now is to make it home, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's revealed a lot. That's a, that's a jumbled answer, but it's revealed a lot about just like trying to compartmentalize the manly part of my, my, my existence here, you yeah. know? That's tough. I think, I mean, we all deal with uh, battle with that in one way or another. I think also, I mean, with my son, I deal with that all the time. Yeah. Like, oh what gosh. Do, how do imagine. I, how do I, Show him like you need to be this way, but you don't have to be this callous. Yeah, right. And he's young, you know what I mean. But I, I never want to. I, I never want to be that old guy whose son tells him when his son's in his thirties, like, "Hey, this really affected me when you said this or did this when yeah. I was a kid," and totally changed the route of what he <sighs> thinks life should be. Damn, man, it's a lot of weight. It is. It's a lot of weight. I need to do some mushrooms. <laughs> I got you, man. I'm the plug for that. I got you. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll get off all the heavy talk, man. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about Mike Masters because it is it is pretty important, especially here in Salt Lake City. It's important in your career, as you had said. So real quick, uh, I want to get the date right. So it okay. is uh, October 8th, 6 mm-hmm. p.m., uh, the Wing Nuts, uh, 11, uh, 11580 District Main Drive in South Jordan. Um, some solid battles. So shout out to Gabino, Glocko, yes. Jay Villain. Uh, really cool. Uh, I don't want to say younger dudes because I don't know their age, but mm-hmm. they definitely came up after we did. Uh, the show's capped off with you uh, versus Bobby Lee. Mm-hmm. So you've been all over the United States doing this, yeah. right? What does it mean to come back here and especially with Mike Masters be able to do it? I mean, I think it's been, I think Gabino told me nine Nine years since their last battle. Holy cow. Is that like, that's not Bush administration, is it? How many? No, no, no. That would be, uh, that'd be Barack. Oh, okay. (laughs) How many Jurassic Parks ago? (laughs) Oh, that's the question. (laughs) How many Jurassic Parks have been since? I'm going to have to Google that one. (laughs) Four. Yeah, yeah, I was, I took this pride in how we talked about before of like hating where I grew up, but then finally really being proud of it. It was the same way when I battled. I took this pride about being the only Utah rapper ever to make it to this like huge battle rap league. Yeah. And I took pride in that for a long time until I realized I was like, and it, and I heard a couple podcasts talk about it with these thought leaders. It was like, bro, like, especially as like brown and black people, you're kind of determined and you should be. It's a lot, it's a lot of weight, but you're kind of determined not in your success, but like who'd you bring in after you? Mm. Yeah. You know, and that to me is more important now too. I'm like, I really look at someone that's like Diddy that just made success by himself and I really admire it. But I do love of like a Tyler Perry whose moves I don't really fuck with, but he's just like made a whole like studio and given jobs to 500 like minorities to in in film and TV production. I'm like, I I would love to be defined by that, you know? And so like I made a switch about Utah. I was like, man, I've been boasting about being the only Utah person when really that's kind of embarrassing. You couldn't find any other people to bring out of that scene. Like, you know, like it's not where you're at, it's like who you've really came there with. And so shooting gray area, the sizzle reel for it, Gabino came by to be an extra. And I talked to him, I was like, bro, I would really love if Utah brought back a battle rap scene. You know, he's like, bro, I've been thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Kind of, I have a battle booked with this guy. And I'm like, bro, 
it, let me help how any way I can. Yeah. You need me to pay for a venue, whatever, do anything. And he's like, just battle. And I was like, oh, I would love to battle. Mm. I'll, get, I'll call my friend Bobby Lee, who's been on like URL before too. Yeah. Um, I was like, we'll battle, you know, just like to make this, it, hopefully like restart it. And if not, just to have like a nostalgic night again. Right. And so, it, bro, it means a lot. You know, it's the stuff I get when you get a little bit older, you get a little more nostalgic, but like to be able to travel the States to do this, then do it where it really started. Um, it feels like a full circle thing, man. It feels, yeah. it feels, I feel really joyed and satisfied by it because I was just making music here and Gabino like had to twist my arm to battle. Yeah. And now that pays for a lot of my bills. Yeah. You know, so like it just feels full circle and I just feel complete by doing it, you know? Yeah. I went back and watched some of the old battles, like oh, shit, old no. Mike Masters battles. Oh my God. It was crazy to watch because there were so many guys that like I really enjoyed their music and so it was yeah. dope to because I kind of fell out around that time mm-hmm. so I wasn't paying attention to the scene like I should have and it was cool to see guys like I mean obviously yourself but atheist and yeah. these different I still think he's more he's super creative atheist yeah and so it was dope to go back and listen to that mm-hmm. uh he has a different rhyme time I believe is his MC motherfuckers always changing their names Emerson I hate that <laughs> I love how you just That's, I yeah. know you 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 did Capital E, capital M, R, S, N, but yes. you're still Emerson. Yeah, Kennedy. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Gabino, fucking Nate, yeah. fucking Synchro. Just he has three names stay now. Stay with a name, Yeah, bro. exactly. <laughs> um, but it was dope to go back and watch that, and I'm, I'm excited for you uh, to do this this Saturday. Um, you said Bobby Lee is your friend. Good friend, yeah. What is it like to battle a friend? At this point, um, and even on like URL when we're traveling, a lot of these MCs are in like – hotels, same hotels together year okay. after year. Yeah. And it's just coworkers at this point, man. You know, like, yeah, I'll see a lot of like other MCs that we've had to become friends because we're just in a shitty Ramada, you know, <laughs> yeah. like in like somewhere in Cleveland, Ohio, you know, at like checking in at 2 a.m. Yeah. You rap that night and say, you know, and it's just like these guys, you're in the same vicinity so much that when you do battle each other, there's never any ill will mm-hmm. towards each other. You know, every once in a while things spill out, but 99% of the time it's just like you're battling your friend or your coworker. Yeah. You know, you're just going to work and that's it. You know, it was really dope. I'm, I need to look up this guy's name because I'm going to fuck it up, but I'm in a, uh, I'm going to school now, right? I'll, oh, be, shit. I'll be done in April. So I've been going for a while. So dope. I, um, I had a, uh, it's all communications is my major, cool. strategic communications. But I was in a class and each class, the way it works, each week you have to do a post, right? And then you, it's like in a, a in a forum and then you respond to two other people's posts. Well, mm-hmm. one dude in there, and I got to find this motherfucker's name because it's really going <laughs> to mess me up. Because this is like a year ago. He was like, he post, he was discussing uh, rap battles. And he's cool. like, I love URL. I love this. And he was going on and on. And I was like, oh, uh, my friend Emerson Kennedy battles. And he goes, never in my fuck. He didn't say fucking. <laughs> he messaged me on the side saying fucking. But he was like, never in my life did I think I would be in a strategic communication class Crazy. online. And someone would bring up one of my favorite battle rappers. Trip. Because I was, I was telling him about, I was talking about your battle with uh, B-Dot. And he's like, that's my one of my favorite battles of all time. Crazy, man. It was what a, a world, man. It's a what trip. a trip, man. Broadway Louie. Shout out to Broadway Louie. He is out of uh, Florida. It's crazy. but And he raps too, you know? But yeah. it was just funny. What that, a trip, man. That you think like, how how big is the world? How big is the United States? And for that to happen to where he knows you. And I was like, yeah, here's my podcast. Listen to episode 24. <laughs> what Pass it trip, around to your man. people. Yeah. yeah, like that. Just and just that extra layer tells you like 
where we're at today. Yeah. You know, like, so you're in your communications class, someone else battle rap, you even know battle rap, you know, like you have a good friend that battle yeah. raps and you're like, oh, and listen to my podcast that he was featured on. That's yeah. crazy, bro. Yeah. We're in a crazy time. It's really it is. dope. It it's is. really dope. Like, this is like, to tell you about battle rap, like this is the story I, I refuse to tell, but now that I'm like with one of my friends, it's okay to tell because it's so name dropping. I feel like a whore telling it, but it's just so funny. So like I'm I'm like a mid, and when you take all the biggest battle rappers in the world, I'm in the middle of the road, right? Call me like a C plus B minus battle rapper in terms okay. of like notoriety. So in LA, maybe once or twice a month, people be like, EK, what's up? Love your battle, this, this, and this. Yeah. And I'm the perfect level of notoriety, right? I'm not fame, you know, where yeah, people yeah. like look at me and they know I'm a regular person. So they don't have to look at me with like googly eyes. <laughs> just like, oh, what's up, man? This yeah. person killed you. I'm like, oh yeah, man. Sorry, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, but we do an event with Drake and I'm in the commentary room and Drake, like six, mm. two asked Drake, I think he's bigger than I thought he was. Yeah. He like hits me on the shoulders. Like, I know you. And I was like, bro, is this, like, oh, yeah. bro, listen to this response. Is this not the most groupy shit ever? I was like, I know you. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Like, yeah, he's Drake. Yeah, <laughs> you do yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh man, that was the groupiest shit I've yeah, ever said yeah, in my yeah, life. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna get his lips tatted on my neck now. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that's the worst response ever. You told you told Drake you know him. Yeah, yes, cool. Yeah, cool, man. It's cool story. <laughs> do you know Bad Bunny too? Yeah. By the way. <laughs> But what do you say? Yeah, especially when like there should be a rule. If you're that famous, you can't like tap someone on the shoulder. It, Let them see you coming, fam. At least you know what I mean. Uh, it's like you can't be that famous just being like, "Hey, bro, a thousand percent, a thousand percent." You talk about name dropping. I don't remember if I shared this story with you, but I had something similar with Kevin Garnett. He didn't say he knew me, yeah. but he taps me on my shoulder when I'm DJing, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> like in my in my head, ten thousand things are happening. Yeah, and he's like, "What's up, man? I'm Kevin." I'm like. Okay, what do I tell this guy? First of all, you're not. You're the big ticket. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, and I was like, man, I know who you are. And then uh, I, I told him, bro, I had you fucking poster on my wall. I wore 21 in high school Hell because yeah. of you. I had Hell your zip yeah. up and ones. I fucking know who you are, bro. <laughs> but like when that moment happens, you're just kind of like, what? You know what I mean? Like yeah. the kid in you. I mean, Drake is, Drake is one thing, right? Because mm. Drake wasn't. I mean, I, I guess when when did uh, Thank Me Later come out? Oof. Who knows? 2013, 14, 12. I don't know, somewhere around there. But we were younger then, mm -hmm. right? But to be Drake now, like Ooh. you said, oh, he's fucking bad bunny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like who else is going to, you know, Kanye maybe? Yeah. Like these Jay-Z, these faces? Like, oh, yeah, I know you too. Yeah. But yeah, how do you respond to that? It's a trip, man. I wanted to ask you one thing because I, uh, I, and I was going to text you about it when I initially saw it, but I spaced it. I, I was on a post on your Instagram, and Nate Burleson had said something. Oh, yeah, the homie. Yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what you said in your reply to him. I'm like, okay. So how do you know Nate Burleson? How did that come about? Um, I got my friend Geechee was in an episode, and Geechee's like one of the more famous battle rappers. And Nate Burleson was a huge Geechee Yachty fan. Mm. And so he DM'd me. It was like, bro, you put Geechee in your series? I was like, yeah. And he watched a bunch of series. He's like, bro, can I be in it? And I was like, you're, you're, you're Nate Burleson. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can be in yeah. the series, you know? Let me try to find a way to write yeah, you Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and he will always like message me now when episodes come out. That's dope. Yeah, so we talk. Pretty often. It'd be nice to get him in an episode, but the thing is, he has like a morning news job. Exactly. He lives in New York. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah So yeah. maybe it'll happen, but like, shout out to him because he's always showed love, you know? That's awesome. It's really dope. Yeah. Who's been, the, who's been, I mean, outside of him and obviously Drake tapping your fucking shoulder, yeah. who, who's been the one that maybe not surprised you, but that you, that was like really dope that, that they reached out or, or showed that they uh, mm. fucked with your shit? Um, the, there's a lot of people like that, and you know this from your podcast, like people listen that you didn't think listened. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're like quote stuff to you like, oh shit, I said that. <laughs> you know, um, the, 
people that know me, where it's always like maybe Sarah's family or a relative of a cousin or something that will like say something always surprises me, but it's always like the, the people I don't know that freak me out, mm-hmm. you know, like we'll be at like a salad shop, you know, and someone will walk by and yell a punchline from it. And that's a little more surreal, you yeah. know, like, like wow. that's uh, when people know you're like, like no Sarah or no Evan and compliment. It, it means a lot. It's like, damn, man, that's cool support. But then mm-hmm. when it's like people that don't have any connection to you actually commenting on like specific lines and stuff, that's always a little bit, it, it, you know, it, the first, first time it happened to Sarah when we were eating, she started crying. It was like a real moment for her. Wow. Yeah. You know, so that, that's always like, not that it's more meaningful, but it just hits you like a ton of bricks. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no doubt. I love that. Art's weird, man. It's like, that's the only way I kind of deal with like my fear of mortality. It's like, we really are just putting shit on the earth. Like your podcast, you're just like putting a dent on the earth that like when you're long gone, it's like mm-hmm. people can always access it. Yeah. You know, like that's your dent on the yeah. earth. You know, you're just like punching the ceiling, you know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> this is my existence that I was here, which is why art's so cool. Yeah. You know, it's kind of timeless and it's like, oh man, I just wrote a stupid joke on a plane and now that somebody knows it, you know? Yeah. I think it'll be interesting years from now, the way people talk about what you've done. I don't want to put myself in any type of uh, conversation with you on that type of level, but I think back to like when I was a kid and I started, I really started to fall in love with hip hop, but I started to dig through stuff and find music that now, if you play it, there might be like a 28 year old kid or I call him a kid or 30 year old person, right? That don't know what the fuck it is. And to me, it's like the craziest shit. And like, you don't know this fucking yeah. cool Modi record. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Or, or, or Timbaland and Magoo, you yeah. know Magoo. But I, I often wonder like 20 years from now, what there's going to be some nerdy kid like me that was really into that shit that goes back and digs through and is like, it finds another life. A hundred percent. Like, you know, I, there's a couple things where I'm like, oh, I'm aging. And that's when like, 90s fashion came back around. Yeah. I thought that was cool. That I was like, oh, I'm, I'm like old enough now to see something that happened originally yeah. be rebooted, you know? Yeah. Other than like film and TV, because that always happens. But right. like, and then another sign is like, oh, this song's getting remixed now? <sighs> Nori's nothing. Right? What the fuck? Like, holy cow, <laughs> this song's getting remixed? You know, yeah. this was original. And that, that was like a telltale sign of like, oh yeah, I'm getting up there a little bit. Yeah. I'm aging. It's cool to see. And I will be honest, like, the type of humor that I, I write, there's a lot of different types. I only have probably 10 years max writing that type of humor. You have to be in the zeitgeist a little bit to know it. Mm. Um, and you do your best writing when you're like 30 to 40. Your brain's the sharpest. And then and then I just have to write what I know from then on, you know. But like the humor I do, that's like pop culture, mainstream humor. I can only be there for so long. Yeah. You know, like you want a 25 to 35-year-old person writing that, and I won't be that in a couple of years, you mm-hmm. know. So like even that is like, I thought when I was going to write, I was going to write forever, and I will. Yeah, but it'll just have to be different stuff because, like, the stuff I'm writing yeah. now, people don't want to hear jokes. We're like, that's out of touch. And and we knew as kids because we we're close to hip hop, what was corny. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh, that date. I mean, that joke is dated. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, oh god, that just sounds like an old person wrote that joke. Yep. You know, and I'm like, I'd be damned if I ever like yeah. was that person. You know. <laughs> yeah, I think you you just uh, you evolve, but so does your audience, right? Yeah. Like, so like the people that would fuck with your stuff now in their 30s or late 20s are going to grow with you as a uh, in age for sure because it's just how it is. Like, yeah, we can't all be stuck in the. Let me tell you, if I could fucking still have. Bleach tips and be able Hell to rock yeah, some bro. and one shirts. Oh, fuck. A puka shell necklace. I never wore that. You didn't no, wear I, that? I was never down with that. I had oh, okay. a lot of friends that did. I never had it. I had I had a uh, necklace. 
What was, what was it? I had a necklace with uh, like a little ring on it. I made the ring in shop class, you know. Oh man, equality. Yeah. That's what's yeah. up. <laughs> so, like a like a, a silver uh, man. What the fuck were those called? It wasn't like a chain. I don't know. Like, that's neither here nor there. There's pro- <laughs> there's got to be a picture somewhere. But, um, in any event, man. So okay, back to the battle. I'm just gonna shout it out one more time, and I'm going Please. to give away tickets. Uh, I'll have that information. Uh, when this episode drops, I'll actually put out all the info how you can win two tickets to this. But October 8th, Saturday, 6 p.m., Wing Nuts, 11580 District Main Drive uh, at the Wing Nuts, and that's Suite 100 in South Jordan. So I'm excited. Um, I already told you I really want to be there, but now I can't. And that's okay. frustrating. It's going to uh, live on the internet. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Gabino told me they'll, they'll mm-hmm. record it. And then, um, you know, when you come back to do your, your tour, yes, sir. I'll be there. Yes, no sir. Doubt. Uh, next time you do gray area, I'll be there. No 100%. doubt. Just you know, shoot me, shoot me a little text. Mm-hmm. I'll turn down some money. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, to end this though, I, I kind of put you up on it. I we play this game on here called Will Wonder Pod Hurdle. So I should have connected to this before you came in. If I was a professional podcaster. I would have already done that. You're not gonna give me some boom bap shit, bro. Are you? I, you know I don't fuck with boom bap shit, bro. I don't fuck with one hundred percent BDP. Miracle. Oh my god, here fucking, we go. Fucking uh, no, no, it's not. Uh, I listen to niggas that got money. Well, I don't listen to no boom bap shit, man. Niggas like we're LRG aren't around me, you know. <laughs> you sound like academics right now, calling them all dusty. While I connect to this, I don't know if you saw today. What's your? Uh, I mean, we, I brought up the academic thing, but it sparked something else in my head. What's your take on the – you see Kanye today by chance? Did he have the White Lives Matter shirt Yeah, on? Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> With Candace Owens right next to him. So. Oh, oh, really? I didn't see that part. Yeah, yeah. I didn't swipe enough. Um, <laughs> how do you have the guts to see a White Lives Matter shirt and then swipe for more? <laughs> Why don't you just scroll down? Oh, what else <laughs> we got? <laughs> No, I think uh, Kanye's natural. Um, I don't know. It's I, anyone that says they understand him doesn't. It's like Kawhi Leonard. No. Uh, they <laughs> like For we just real. don't know. But I think Kanye's a lot of his confidence and brand was built on nobody believing in him and him doing the thing nobody wanted him to do, and mm-hmm. he's just continuing to do that. Okay. And the way we watch it, we're just like, ugh, I don't know. Yeah. But he's like, bro, who's gonna tell him not to? Because people told him not to rap. Well, yeah, this, you know. Yeah. So like now he's just like, bro, I'm not, I don't listen to anybody, which I'm not mad at. But yeah. I did like. On one of his tours, which he did something similar, he had the Confederate flag as tour merch, and it was kind of fire, bro. Mm. Like, he had it, like, on a jacket where he's like, this is ours now, and I was like, I thought that was kind of fucking fire. While this is, uh, we're almost done here. You're good. Uh, We talked about Kendrick for a moment. Yeah. Did you get a chance to see his, the tour that that he's on now? Oh, man. Amazing. He was at, at, like, what we call Staples. It's not called anymore, but he had Staples for, like, four nights in a row, and I was out of town. So I got to catch him, man, because, like... It was beautiful, Ugh. man. Yeah. The show he did here, um, even Keem, Keem opening was great. I heard he's like really good too, man. Really, really good. Really, did you see really his Saturday good. Night Live performance, Kendrick's? Yeah. I loved it. He's like embodies everything that I try to be with my creativity where it's like, it's minimalist. Like he was just like performing. You saw his shadow for the first yeah. half of the song, then his shadow started moving and he didn't. It's mm-hmm. like, he even found some way to be creative on the Saturday Night Live for real. set where it's like, there's not much to do there, you yeah. know? I just dig it, man. I love how much creativity forces into everything. Everything he did with that show was next level. Yeah. That was the first time I saw him. He was here once before, and uh, I didn't get a chance to go. This was years ago. Um, but, man, I'm so fucking happy I That's went dope. this time. All right, we're going to take a two-second break. I'm going to get this shit connected, and then we will be right back. Okay, we got it fixed. Uh, shout out to IT for getting on that mm-hmm. and making that happen. 
So for those who don't know, <clears throat> we're going to play a round of Will Wonder Pod Hurdle. Get 15 songs, EK. Oh, okay. You get the first five seconds of the song. Damn. You need to give me the title and artist. Now, if there's a feature, you don't got to worry about the feature. Okay. If it's a song like that's called, like, I don't know, water the water bottle, and you just say water bottle, that's fine. Okay. So I'll give you the first five seconds of this song. Generally, the first the first one's relatively easy. But it's not boom bap, right? How much boom bap do you have in there? God damn it. You're counting it right now. I don't listen to boom bap, Out of bro. the 15, it's like 13. So, <laughs> shit. No, it, it, it is all different genres of music, hip-hop, rock, everything. Right. So to make it kind of challenging, right? Okay. But here's the first song. Generally, the first song is a layup. Okay. okay. Do you stop it? I stop it. Five seconds. Go ahead. Um, okay. Did I talk about this last pod? You did. Okay. That, that's <laughs> Devil in the Blue Dress, Kanye West. Yeah. Okay. You said that Ross verse was your, uh, I don't know if it was your favorite verse, but your favorite Ross verse for sure. Bro, favorite verse still okay. to this there day. There you go. Oof. There you go. I'm going to turn this up too because I know last time I had some issues. You never get, became a big Ross fan, did you? No, I like Ross. I I, th I think Ross is pretty consistent in everything that he does. So that's yeah. what I really like about him. Oh, God. I think I've never liked a rapper as much as I did when I, my peak of like liking Rick Ross. Really? Man, yeah. Future might be up there, but like mm. Ross, fuck, man. All right. The next song. Here we go. Mm, that was five seconds? That five seconds goes fast. It uh, does. That, is that Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise? It is. Rest in peace, Coolio. Rest in peace, Coolio. Uh, sometimes I play samples, but I'm like, it'd be super fucked up to play the Stevie song right there mm, with everything that's gone yeah. on. <laughs> Do you, uh, give me really quick a bigger movie song than that. What song makes you think about a movie more than that? Or just what's on the list? It's a tough one. Yeah, I, that's, that's the one. I, I, I vividly remember sitting outside my house uh, and my neighbor's older brother had the single and he was playing it over and over and over. And I was like, this song is fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm in whenever, when the dangerous minds come out 94, I think. So yeah, I'm like eight and I'm like, wow, just the way it hits. And then, mm. you know, you, when you, as you get older, you start to learn more things and you go back and you listen to Stevie, that whole album songs in the key of life. It's yeah. like, fuck hip hop just took everything from yeah. us. But yeah. yeah, I don't think there is a, there is a song. It's tough, man. I mean, you like you go back, like "Welcome to the uh, uh, or Danger Zone" with Top Gun. Maybe. Mm. What about the Whitney Houston joint on Bodyguard? It's still mm, that song yeah. still stands on its own, though. Yeah, right? I think Without it does. Those. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, movie wise, yeah, that's. What do you think? Oh, I was gonna say, not popular. You should have a segment when you have me on of like <laughs> things black people shouldn't admit. <laughs> okay. I've already let a couple go. Okay. I don't know if my show's the best yeah. spot for that, but you can run with it. <laughs> I'd love to see what that's sponsored by. Yeah. Uh, but here's here's another one I'm gonna let go. Every once in a while, man, I don't mind a white savior film. I, I mm. like Dangerous Minds. It, it listen, it's not bad. It's okay? not bad. Teach those black kids how to read, Michelle. <laughs> it's the original blind side. I love that shit. What was it, what was the dude's name? Raul. 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 I went to school with a lot of Rauls. Yeah, oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? hundred percent. Like, he's like, can I get a chicken? And she's <laughs> okay. a whole one. <laughs> I love that. Oh shit! All right, here's the next song. Mm. I don't know the name of the song. Damn. 
Oh, I'm burnt out because everybody knows the name of this song. I'm burnt out as fuck. Amy Winehouse is... Damn, I don't know the name of the song. It's Valerie. Oh, why yeah. don't you come on over? It's tough. Oh, yeah. And you can damn. do that. You can talk through it. Right. You know what I'm okay. saying? Because that's right. uh, when Dre did this to me, I had to sit there and like sing it and then be like, oh, okay, this is what Okay, yeah. yeah. You can, I mean, you don't got to do it quick, quick. You know what I'm saying? Winehouse is one of those, I got hip to her music too late. Oh, so then I only had time with her like a short time before she passed, you know, I was like, yeah. damn, I wish I got hip earlier. You I know? know, I know me too. Um, I hear a lot of uh, different podcast interviews where they talk about seeing her live mm. and just like, she would be so fucked up off stage. Yeah. But then when she got on, it was like, <sighs> just insane. Some, yeah. <laughs> insane. All right. Here we what go. am I? I'm two for three, right? Yeah. 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 All right. And as long as you get more than six, bro. You okay. Can. It's a rebuilding season too. We're playing our rookies, you know, we're going to see what they got, you know. Very Utah jazz yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just build it down. Tear it down. All right, here we go. Uh, this is Genuine Same OG. Yeah, there you go. Is that go. Timbaland produced? Timbaland, yep. Oh, I like this. Okay, I'm feeling at home. Yeah, Here, I'm kicking my feet up. The 100 genuine album. The, the genuine had bro, the world in a chokehold, bro. Forget about it. Forget about it. All right, here we go. Next song. That sounded crazy. I have no idea what that is. Okay. If I have no clue what that is. It sounded like... I didn't know. You You know, you, you talk about going to like these different shows and... Hold on. Let, can you play it again? Yeah. I, and actually, I can't give hints. But yeah, I can play it as many times as you'd like. Okay. I almost gave a hint. I actually played six seconds. That's my bad. I don't know who that is. <clears throat> so this is Tame Impala Borderline. Oh, shit. Okay. I didn't know because, you know, you talk about, you know, I, the yeah, different I, things you've experienced I have, or experimented with in the past. I have one of their albums on vinyl. I'm that. That's, oh, man. It's my, my white friends are going to kill me. My mother, that's my mother-in-law's favorite. God, they're so good, man. So, so good. good. I can't believe I took an L on that one. Okay. You're good. You're good. Three All for right. five. All right. Here's the next one. Three, two, one. Sometimes, you know, it's just a loop of the same thing, but. <laughs> um, speaking of artists, I got hip to way too late. Uh, that's Nipsey Hussle's mo Hustle Motivate, yep. which uh, even if you're not from Los Angeles or don't live there, you should be in LA at one point in your life when a Nipsey song comes on. Mm. Maybe probably like last time that I checked, it's like a national anthem out there. Yeah. But Hustle Motivate, when that came on, because that's just the anti-sample loop, yep, right? Yep, yep. God damn, that song's beautiful, man. It is. Fuck, I love that song. That whole album. There was nothing that uh, fucked me up, like, <clears throat> fucked me up from a, a perspective of I didn't know him. Yeah. We did one, uh, when me and Steady were still doing music, we opened up for him in game. No shit. And it was when he had Hustle in the house. Oh my God. And you could tell he was so entrenched in he was really about what he talked mm -hmm. about there was u.s marshals looking for a guy that was supposedly Jeez. with him but he was so cool to all of us we had a one of my friend's younger brothers was like selling our cds our little mixtapes mm -hmm. and he told him he's like hey you want to sell some of my shirts so he's like fuck yeah i'll sell some of your shirts he's like all right just bring me back the money at nine o'clock so he went through sold the shirt i think he sold like 300 dollars worth of shirts went to take it back and he's like all right cool you keep the money just and keep one shirt for yourself and give me the rest fire bro isn't that that's crazy love, and that's bro. early nipsey like yeah, hustling so the just house been was on big that. but like he was just on that yeah. huh bro and victory lap was so good man yeah. so good yeah. and it's it's unfortunate what happened to him but man he he has a legacy that will 
just, I mean, not off of that album, but even people just listen to that album. Yeah, there's, Something you know, else. we tend to, and this is, uh, people deal with grief, grief differently, but like we tend to maybe talk a little too nice about people that pass because yeah. we're fear of our dying, I guess. But right. like, there's not enough to say about that guy, man. He just seems so purposed. Yep. You know, it's just like such a purposed individual, man. Mm. We miss you, Nip. All right, next one. Three, two, one. Damn, man. One more time. Can I get it one more mm-hmm. time? Nah, man. Listeners, Will brought out the like whole Paps Blue Ribbon playlist on me. I don't know what this is. I, I kind of know what it is. You know what it is. I know for sure what it is, you but know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I'm trying to take you back to Davis County. Yeah, this is some <laughs> tailgating for the, before the Utah Utes game type shit. Okay, uh... I don't know. Oh, oh, this is Green Day. Is it? No, I don't know what it is. If it was Green Day, what would the name of the American song American Idiot? Be? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> is it really? No, <laughs> shit. Okay, all right. <laughs> Listen, man, I got oh, roots I fucking still. love that. I know. That's I, why I was like, still. they played this when he okay. was in high school. <laughs> For sure they did. You almost got a Green Day tattoo, bro. <laughs> Gonna get a BOGO with a Weezer tattoo on my lower back. <laughs> Hey, Weezer had some fire. Weezer bro. has some joints, man. Okay, next. The, sidebar, I know I always yeah, yeah, sidetrack no, us, but like the beauty of the sweater song by, by Weezer. Yeah. I don't understand how that song works. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to give you the chorus. Yeah, yeah. And it's the one of the only choruses I've ever heard that's that catchy that nothing rhymes. <laughs> if you want to destroy my sweater, whoa, whoa, whoa yeah. pull this thread as I walk away. Watch <laughs> me unravel and I'll soon be naked. Lying on the floor, <laughs> lying on, and I'm like, huh? you can do that in a chorus, but it would never be catchy. Right, and it's, it blew up. I'm like, none of that shit rhymes. It's yeah. kind of phenomenal. The songwriter, that yeah, <laughs> Weezer's great. Weezer takes me back to fucking high school. Hell for yeah, sure. it does. Uh, all right, next up, three, two, one. Yeah, sending this one out. I this this boom bap. <laughs> This is some boom bap. And for sure, there's no synthesizers on this. There's no shiny suits on the song, so I wouldn't know it. I don't know. But this is for like 650 and under credit score. I don't listen to this oh, shit, bro. I'm trying to get money, Will. You just pissed off everyone in Queens. This is Mob oh, Deep Survival oh, of the is Fittest. It? Oh, man, I don't know that shit. Rest in peace. But uh, respectfully, you know? I was listening. Yeah, I was listening to the shiny shoots. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm deep fans. I'm sorry. Oh fuck. That's yeah, funny. I only knew like two songs. I'm sorry. I had the H and I C record though. Oh, I didn't know that. What? Ain't no niggas with good FICO scores <laughs> listening to this shit. It's a lot of Tims. A lot of Tims. Oh, all right, next up. Uh, that that's music for people that call payday loan centers banks. Oh shit. <laughs> you ever thought about doing stand up? Oh man, no. This is a sidebar from this. No, I don't think so, okay. man. I think I'd be I'd be terrible. I was gonna ask you that when we were I don't know, you might be all right. You can try it out. All right, next up. Three, two, one. Mm, you gave me extra seconds on that too, and I still didn't I did. get it. Um This is one of the no, I'm not gonna give you a hint, but you can go ahead and try to Damn, I wonder if Pharrell sampled that for Hollaback Girl really sounds like that drum pattern. But I don't know the song. So this is Billy Squire, The Big Beat. And it's it's one of the, outside of like Sister Nancy, 
Bam Bam, and a couple other songs. It's like one of the most sampled songs in No hip-hop. kidding. Oh, mm-hmm. that's why I'm just recognizing that loop? <clears throat> yep. So I'm going to go through and, and find the actual, because there are so many, bro. So 99 Problems was one. Mm. Uh I don't know if you remember Dizzy Rascal. Yeah, I do. Fix Up, Look Sharp. It was that. Girl on Fire. Crazy. Uh, Britney Spears, Oops, I Did It Again. There's so many samples. No uh, Tribe, Nas, Hip Hop is dead. But when, you, when you're when you DJing and if the heads are there and they know and you flip this back and forth. Mm, they fuck. know, huh? Yeah. Damn. You can look tell at, them. Look at this like, dude. That's who's. <laughs> I would have inf- no, he would have influenced hip hop the way he did. That's phenomenal. <laughs> That's phenomenal. That dude looks like Tarzan. That's phenomenal. <laughs> <He really> does. <laughs> All right, next up. Three, two, one. Damn. That's funky. It's one of my favorites. That's cold. I've never heard it before in my life, I don't think, but okay. that's cold. Whatever it is, that's is cold as hell. Yeah, so this is Blood Orange. It's called Charcoal Baby. I do know Blood Orange, but damn, this is groovy, man. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, there you go. Let it sink in, EK. Oh, I'm way too sober to be listening to this, man. <laughs> Will you going to ask I'll send here? you the link now. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we yeah. talked about that off air. Fucking be someone else. Uh, all right. Let you got to send me that. That's yeah, yeah, I cold. will. Let's see. Okay, so next up. I'm like 500 right now. I'm struggling. You, I think you've already passed the six. This so is Vegas American Raiders. Idiot, Hustle and Motivate, Same Old G, Gangster's Paradise. Devil, Devil in a New Dress. So you have five. Five. Oof, okay. And, and the, I'm going to tell you the last two are super layups. Okay. So good I would like to do that to make people feel good. Oh, on the way so out. You, so you got to think about the people that fucked up and didn't get the first song right and didn't get to get six. Ooh, like, yeah. They need to step their games up. Shout out to Daniel and Macon. All right. Daniel, here we go. Macon, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing with your lives? Yeah. Three, two, one. You know it. Is it Pearl Jam? Oh, I'm going to take my L on this. Okay. For how famous that guitar riff is. That's probably like mm-hmm. top five guitar riffs. It's, it's up there. Um, but I don't know it. Okay. Is Nirvana Come As You Are? Oh. Yeah. 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 Um, that's a tough one to not know for a music person. Mm. Well, I, last time you had talked about Kurt Cobain, so I was like, I'll yeah. throw this in there. Um, Not their biggest song by any means, but a it's a huge song, song though. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Damn. That one hurts. Good. That one hurts. That's so famous. That's like one of the most popular songs. All right. Next one. Three, two, one. I know the sample of this, and I don't even know the original. I don't know what this one is. I know it pitched up. Uh, I don't know this one either. This is Benny the Butcher and J. Cole, Johnny P's oh, Caddy. Oh, okay. Yeah. J. Cole goes crazy on this verse. Insane. Yeah. Probably one of, so at the end of the year, I do a, a year in review show with uh, Steady and then mm-hmm. a couple other friends in, of music, I should say, uh, year in review and music. And we always do best verse. So I think this, I mean, this is in the running, that that J. Cole verse is, because he he's so good at it, and he's almost taking a shot at Benny on Benny's song. Yeah, he's, and Benny's he's popping like, the shit. All right, yeah, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> what's, what's it gonna say? Benny's real, man. Yeah, yeah I'm not a, uh, not that I'm not a huge fan. I don't listen to a lot of Griselda. Yeah, I think I'm missing out on a lot. They're really good, man, especially mm-hmm. Benny. 
I, re- I really, I mean, I like all of them. If the if the Bills win the Super Bowl, I'll listen to Chris. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's my deal. <laughs> hey, really quick, I had, in fantasy, I had to choose between Mahomes and Allen. Who'd you who would you choose? Uh, I mean, it's you could flip a coin to be okay. honest, but I, I I probably would say Allen. Yeah. Okay. Only because of uh, I mean, fuck, I mean, what was it? Uh, last night went when uh, Mahomes just went crazy on. The Bucks. Mm-hmm. I didn't think against that defense he could do it, but he did. He's playing backyard football, bro. Yeah, and he's not. They're not really missing Tyree Kill, which is insane. Wild to think about. Yeah, but I think Allen in the long run throughout the year with Diggs, and he he runs a little bit more than Mahomes does. So mm-hmm. in fantasy wise, yeah, I'd go Allen. Okay, I made the right decision. Yeah. All right. Next up, three, two, one. Dog, I'm striking out. It's okay. This I'm is, going out sad. What is that? This is uh, the Eagles' life in the fast lane. Oh. Well. I'm going to stay at Hotel California. Hotel California is so known. Though. Yeah, I feel it's you. It's too easy. Yeah. This is life in the fast lane by the Eagles? Yeah. I don't know who you think You don't fuck with that Hotel California album? You need to go back. Yeah? My dad put me on to the Eagles, you know, when I was younger, and then when I was older and I went back and listened, I was like... Really? Yeah, it's cool. That, I have to, Especially uh, that album. I, I I wouldn't say all their albums, but I'm going out sad in this. It's okay. You got two more, all right. and you're gonna get both of these. Okay, all right. I think. <laughs> Hopefully. One time I said that with a guest, and they, the, I was like, <laughs> "What happened?" <laughs> all right, here we go. Three, two, one. I don't know the name of the song. Up jumps the boogie. What is that song? What's the name of this song? Uh, <laughs> Come on, play it again. Just think through it. Think through it. You got to get this, EK. <laughs> I'm canceled. <laughs> Gosh, Timbaland's so fucking good, man. I still like have a feeling listening to his beats. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the I don't know the name of this song. I'm sorry. There goes our friendship. I'm so sorry, bro. So you give up? Yeah, it's not Up Jumps the Boogie. I don't know. It is Up Jumps the Boogie. Oh, shit. Is it really? Yeah. Wait, will you play the chorus for me? Let's see. It's Up Jumps the Boogie? Oh, my God. And I want to note one thing. I think I know why Magoo didn't take off <laughs> why? on his own. Why? His lyrics weren't the best. Okay. <laughs> Hold on, let's just uh, let's just start here. Because <laughs> I <laughs> going out sad. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, okay. Music fans are listening to this. All right, so here goes Magoo. I fiend for all beats like girls jump for dicks. Don't solve the next man. Keep that Limburg shit. I'm running out of the people he offended. Hold on. Exactly. I'm trying to keep count how problematic this verse is. Hold on. I think the only people who didn't offend were the disabled. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're gonna you smoke crack, you're gonna die. That was just wow. A, I think really he was just like early. sent from the future to offend everybody. <laughs> I think at the end he like fuck war vets. 
Unreal, my uh, <laughs> Okay. Well, let's let's relive this. I need to going so, outside. I, th- I don't even think I'm 500, bro. I'm going outside here. Devil in a new dress, gangsters paradise. Same old G, hustle and motivate. Oh shit, EK. Oh man, you need to get this because you right. can't be last. Oh okay. This is six. This okay. would be sick. Right. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Did I do that? What, am I fucking up? Devil in a new dress, gangsters paradise. Same old G, hustle and motivate. Oh, American idiot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. But if I don't get this, I'll set the record for the lowest number. Of- you will. Fire. Okay. You should get this okay. because, again, the last is the easy, <laughs> by far, other than the first, it's the easiest. Okay. All right. Oh, God, I hope you fucking get this. <laughs> All right, here we go. So many places. You know who the artist is, at least, right? Remember the name of the song? <laughs> Oh God, what was the name of the song? No. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me get it right. Well. Okay, this is my song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to go back and you can... So many places. You're just a... You're just a 80s baby. Shady raised me. Mm-hmm. Davis made you? Uh-huh. <laughs> you got to know the name of this motherfucker. <laughs> oh, I didn't see this coming. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm so sorry. I performed this song so many times. I performed that South by Southwest. Don't know the name of it, man. I'm sorry. I'm going out. Okay, you can't be last. <laughs> Think this through. Think it through. I'm going to play. I cannot let you go out with five. So many places. Do you know how many drugs I do? Well, <laughs> um, At this point, I'm wondering yeah. how many trucks back up <laughs> with Because this is your own shit. Bro, I've made so many songs, Will. I but know. This was King, King Crooked, Crooked Eye featured on yeah. this for me. Yeah. He even shot the video with me. Shout out to him. Very dope. So cool about recording it. We've actually changed the tempo of the song. Sent him back. And he's like, actually, you changed the tempo and just like, I think it's called transposing. I don't know. Uh, we transposed his verse to fit the tempo. He's like, it still doesn't feel right. I'll record it again for you. Mm, so just as an nice. artist, he was like, nothing is going to leave. Yeah. And that tempo, he actually changed the verse. Damn. Even the words he was saying, because he didn't like the words he was saying at that tempo. It was like five BPMs faster. Wow. Went and recorded, didn't charge him for the studio, showed up to the video shoot, killed the video. Like, shout out to him, man, because this really like made my music career. I don't know the name of the song, but I can't <laughs> Well, what's the name of the song? It's Faces. Oh, fuck it is. Yes, it is. Faces. It is. Because it's sample. So many faces. Yeah. Oh, man. See, and you say it right after five seconds. Because oh. you're like, so many places. So many places. And then it's like, oh, okay, there's yeah. five seconds. And then. Damn. So many faces. Oh, man. At eight seconds. If you would have just, if you would have known you're going to be on this fucking show doing this, you would have put faces I five seconds. Definitely would have. <laughs> I definitely would have. The thing is, is like that song's about seeing so many new people that I'm forgetting all their names. <laughs> and I forgot the name of the song. Oh man, I'm glad this happened. Oh this man, is, this me is too, a really this is some, This is I. <sighs> there was a, a Sundance at I think it was called Harrios at the time. I don't yeah. know. Park City Live now. Kesha was there. And mm. I offered to buy her a beer. Oh, there you go. I was like, I got to shoot my shot. Yeah, you know, yeah, Kesha. yeah. Fuck it. Back when Kesha was booming, yeah. you know? Any woman that has a dollar sign in her name, you got to attack. You know, 
Not attack Jesus. Don't put that out. Whoa. Yeah. It's like a Magoo reference. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, I got to shoot my shot. It's Kesha, you know? It's yeah. like Ross Dressler's version of Britney Spears. I got to yeah. shoot my shot. Yeah. It's like, Kesha, can I buy you a drink? She's like, these beers are too fucking expensive. And she walked off. And I was like, wow. there goes the love of my life. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. You don't know what you just did to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man, that story was going somewhere I forget. But bro, I'm sorry. I went out sad. Man, oh, I tell that story because that was the most disappointing moment in my life. It's the most humbling experience yeah. until now. Until right now. I forgot the name of my own song. <laughs> I'm sorry, kids. And this was my this is, I love this fucking song too. <laughs> I love so. that song too. I listen to it in a minute. <laughs> oh, man. oh man. Thank I'm you sorry. so much, bro. Um I mean, if people don't know where to find you, how can people find you on different uh social media outlets? Yeah, yeah. Um Instagram and Twitter is probably the only ones I use. Um I'm Emerson Kennedy. I am Emerson Kennedy. Uh, that's it, man. Um, is this the end of the podcast? We can keep going if you'd like. Can I play my song? Fuck yeah, you song? can. Uh, hopefully no one. So I can say bye to you right now and just we can end the podcast with this song? Yeah. Oh, Last yeah. Second C2 on YouTube. Don't forget to check that out. Uh, if Gray Area doesn't show up on Netflix or whatever other yeah. places. Um, you'll find it on YouTube. For season one and season two are there if you haven't watched it. Really, really fucking funny. Also, your public school education. Hold the elevator. Is that going to... Yeah, that'll come back. Okay. Yeah, B-Dot signed his own shoe deal and everything. He's been busy as hell, but once yeah, uh, his man. slows down, he just released his album. Uh, once it slows down, we'll be back. And, bro, just like um, before I play the song, yeah. it's, it's, bro, it's, thank you for having me on here, No, man. thank you. I thank really you Thank you for letting me know here, your... Man. You know what I mean? I... I I love that you reached out, and I love you coming on, man. Anytime you are in town, you you have a, a place here. So. Our pods are always everywhere because I always change the subject, but thank you for letting me. Uh, <laughs> You've done a lot of drugs. <laughs> yeah, seriously, tonight. Uh, <laughs> uh, so thank you for letting me be here. This is my uh, my first single off the uh, album entitled Becoming Everything You Hate. This is called Blue. It's 90 degrees out, found a beach house, had to reach out, worry for the cool wind blow. Trying to find you. To remind you, maybe it's time to relax and let the cool wind blow. I'm sorry monogamy wasn't taught to me. Never truly had honesty as my policy. Cause I was raised on magazines glorifying ass and jeans. And they failed to make mention of how to value things. I recognize miscalculations. I'm not proud of statements. Was insecure so I was seeking sex for validation. Searching for that self-love in others. The real definition of pain is the shame of your single mother. Who had thought she raised you right. But I'm in my head again. And I would open doors for women but decline to let them in. And that's that messy shit Pessimist Send some mixed messages I've never been in love Without wondering where the exit is Cause that's the self-sabotage Self-prescribing Adderalls Feeling insecure Like I'd be cured If I had a dad involved Knowing that's that bullshit and my cup never truly runneth over But the shot glass gets full quick I did enough Cheated on women who truly given trust Also little uncool Kenny can finally think he tough I'm realizing that my view of man's probably tinted up Cause I've been thinking commitment's a form of giving up First time I said that out loud I'm not proud But that pride I'm trying to hide so I can't stop now Every time I hear I love you there's a lock sound That's probably not something I should have jot down The truth is that I love you but don't know how The truth is that every passion kind of slows down The truth is everything that's new kind of feels old now And instead of writing my story I keep thinking how it's told now Thinking how it's told now I hope this doesn't sound like an excuse I'm just hoping that it sounded like the truth I hope you'll never know I wrote this song for you When I was off a couple pills and feeling blue it's 90 I hope this doesn't sound like an excuse I just hoping that it sounded like the truth I hope you'll never know I wrote this song for you When I was off a couple pills and feeling like
I hope this doesn't sound like an excuse I'm just hoping that it sounded like the truth I hope you'll never know I wrote this song for you When I was off a couple pills and feeling blue I hope this doesn't sound like an excuse I just hoping that it sounded like the truth I hope you'll never know I wrote this song for you When I was off a couple pills and feeling blue Thank you all for listening this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Don't forget to keep following the podcast on Instagram at the Will Wonder Pod. Follow me on Twitter at DJ Will Wonder. 31 Days of Halloween just continues to roll after this. So if you aren't subscribed or you aren't following the podcast on your different platforms, make sure you do. It'll just pop up right in your feed. Also, I have those Mike Masters tickets that I'll be giving away. Make sure you're following the podcast on Instagram at the Will Wonder Pod. I'll put up the details there on how you can win those tickets for Mike Masters this Saturday, October 8th at 6 p.m. in South Jordan. I will give those away Friday the 7th around noon Mountain Standard Time. Lastly, we're very, very close. If you're in Utah this fall, make sure you vote out Mike Lee. We'll see y'all next week. And actually, we'll see y'all tomorrow with another 31 Days of Halloween. Peace. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. Peace out.